Holly Bob. Howdy and welcome to Ernest Goes to Podcast, the podcast that attempts but can scarcely manage to convey the untold depths of the transcendent, inimitable, beloved American icon, Ernest P. Worrell, as portrayed by the frighteningly talented Jim Varney. This is episode nine, Ernest Scared Stupid. I'm your host, Aaron, and this is my lovely co-host, David. Hello, listeners. And joining us for episode nine is our friend Nelson. Welcome to the podcast, Nelson. Yeah, hello. How are you both? How's it going, Nelson? <laughs> We're very well. We just watched Ernest Scared Stupid and everything is great. Yes. I've been really excited about this one. Yeah, you're you're like busting at the seams you to know, talk about this movie. I actually wasn't like looking forward to this one, like, all oh, right, that episode. But then I watched this movie and had some kind of epiphany. Interesting. <laughs> and now I'm like really excited. I had some kind of transcendent experience with Ernest Scared Stupid yesterday. Now I'm just like in my brain, I'm sort of parsing how excited you normally are to talk about Ernest. <laughs> Which that's is hard. Like that's, way more excited yeah, than most people. Yeah, well, that's so fair. The fact that you're saying that you're really excited, really excited makes though. me a little bit terrified. I'm not going to lie. She's going to 11. That's yeah, happening. thematically, that may be appropriate for this episode because it's like a, the scary Ernest movie, but you're flailing in a way right now that I can't even convey to the people at home. <laughs> so, Nelson, before we jump into Ernest Scared Stupid, I'd love to know what your exposure to Ernest was. Uh, I grew up with Ernest. Um, Specifically, I was excited about this episode because my sister watched this growing up a lot. I feel like she rented three movies over and over again. One was Labyrinth. Mm -hmm. The other was Hocus Pocus. Yes. And this is the third. (laughs) That's a changeable feature. And before that, like, I remember Ernest Goes to Camp. uh, Oh, really? Yeah, like being on TV. And my mom is a pretty silly person. Mm. And she (laughs) loves Ernest as well. So I think she was really quick to, like, expose me to his sort of magic. Do you think your mom would be down to be a guest on this podcast also? Uh, Yes. (laughs) Sure, yeah. That would be hilarious, I think. Well, now... We are in the year 1991. The spooky year. For some reason, I thought this movie was like 1993 or 4. No, it's 1991. And when we talked about Ernest Goes to Jail, I talked about how dingy the film looks. Oh, this looks really bright. So this is like a very like sharp, crisp image. So I think just in that, I was like, oh, those couldn't be like together temporarily in terms of when they were released. But like it's a year later. It comes out right after Ernest Goes to Jail. These two films are very different. Yes. (laughs) Again, we said it's sort of like every Ernest movie is a different genre. Right. And here we are at the scary movie. Yeah, what if Ernest was in a horror film? Well, so originally, this was Disney's suggestion to have a scary Ernest movie, and they actually wanted a haunted house movie. Interesting. Which I think would have been great, mainly because I want to see Chuck and Bobby as ghosts. (laughs) That's kind of it. I would have assumed that Chuck and Bobby would be Ghostbusters. No, I want to see them be like the ghosts when Ernest goes in. There's just like these wacky Chuck and Bobby ghosts. It basically, what I picture is like the haunted mansion, because Ernest went to Splash Mountain. So I was thinking like, oh, it's like Ernest meets the Haunted Mansion. Oh, Ernest inside the Haunted That's Mansion would be amazing. I see what you're saying. That would yeah. be pretty cool. Yeah. But it's not what we got. I think they felt that haunted houses were played out at that point and they didn't want to do a haunted house. Now, you're saying they, when you're talking about they in this context, you mean? The Ernest Brain Trust. So Disney came and was like, hey, let's do a haunted house movie. And the Brain Trust was like, nah. Nah. <laughs> Yeah, basically. So, But then the compromise was to basically do a, a haunted, haunted tree, tree house, house. Which is what we got. Which is there only in the most technical sense. <laughs> Is it a haunted treehouse? Yeah, there's some there's some animated ghosts. There's a. Uh, it's yeah. very technically sure. It's mainly trolls. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's mainly, it's mainly trolls. Let's mainly just say about this trolls. movie. Yeah, 
So again, let me reiterate as we go into this movie that this is a character analysis podcast. And I don't think that will ever be truer than this episode (laughs) because I have so much to say about Ernest in this episode, more than I ever have had to say. That is so terrifying. And again, not to go through all of the idioms, but you're like chomping at the bit. Uh, Yeah, I'm like, I'm salivating. I'm I'm like, whew. Let's get into it. I really don't know where to start because there's so many words circling my brain. But basically, I think if Ernest saves Christmas, is Ernest at his sweetest? Yep. I think Ernest scared stupid is Ernest at his most genius. Interesting. I thought you were going to say Ernest at his bravest. No. Interesting. You could also say that, Mm -hmm. but I think this is also his smartest. The smartest Ernest is an Ernest scared stupid. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, is he? So that was something that from the get-go, like, I was like, he's an inventor in this movie. (laughs) He's got, like, all this stuff going on. I know. I know. Okay, okay. Before we get into that, and it will be a huge part of the discussion. Let's start with the opening titles. Well, once again, uh, Barbara Lazuski. I believe that's how it's pronounced. Yes, Barbara Lazuski. She did the graphics and credits on Hey Vern, It's Ernest. Which are great. And then Ernest Goes to Jail. And then the opening titles for this movie, which is just like Ernest reacting in a black space. He's reacting to all these clips from horror movies from the 50s and 60s. Right. I just love the brain that runs at the lady. Yep. She just, yep. there's a, there's a big foam brain that just charges her. <laughs> It's amazing. It reminded me of Ernest Saves Christmas, just that it's like, okay, well, we've got like public domain Coke ads and yeah, Norman yeah, Rockwell. Yeah. <laughs> what do we have that's like public domain, like horror movie yeah. stuff? All right, how about like The Brain That Wouldn't Die and well, Robot Monster? Well, that's again Monster. like Hey Vern, It's Ernest, all that yep. public domain footage. Yep, it's great. I'm a big fan of that because I, I remember like, I feel like a lot of early Nickelodeon stuff would do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah and they mix right. it up with, you know, public domain footage. But it's a cool intro. There's just like Jim Varney, like Jim Varney I, mugging, Jim mugging, mugging it up, as we always say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, doing like every like scared reaction face or like a gag where there's like a eyeball in his mouth which is well done and i love the music oh yeah the music's great yeah. too yeah. it's by kirby shellstad and our old bruce arntzen yep i feel like bruce arntzen is more of a songwriter than a composer mm. and perhaps he was paired with the composer i mean I, i'm just like speculating there it's possible. i don't actually know if you do let us know Barbara Zuski actually did an interview with Art of the Title oh. about the opening sequence to this movie. So we should discuss that more in the extra. Yes. We got to oh, press on. I need to read that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll link it. Well, the last thing I'll say about the titles is that a bunch of the titles are written out in blood from a That's hand right. with a That's right. scythe that <laughs> yeah, comes down. That's pretty great. And let that set the tone for this children's movie about Ernest at Halloween uh, where there's a bloody title. All right. So let's talk about Ernest. Okay. Basically, to set the stage, Ernest is a garbage man in this movie, or I should say a sanitary engineer, as he calls himself, in a small town in Missouri called Briarville. So that's where we are. Mm -hmm. So in terms of who Ernest is this time, his position in the town seems very largely influenced by this town legend, the legend of Trantor. Oh, yes. It really, really tends to define him. So yeah, let's go into the legend. Yeah, so this movie actually starts still in Briarville, but in the very specific year of a long Long time time ago. ago in this galaxy, however. And it starts with an ancestor of Ernest, his great-great-grandfather, Phineas Phineas Worrell, because (laughs) all old people are named Phineas, (laughs) or if you're a woman, Mabel or Muriel. Uh, It's almost kind of like a a Salem witch trial situation. Yeah, there's like the people in the town are there. Do they have pitchforks? They might as well have. uh, Torches are definitely there. They've definitely got torches. They're all crowded around this big hole that they're burying a troll in. Yes, but it's the kind of thing where it's like, you know, if this wasn't an evil troll, there would be some like significant like Salem witch hunt action <laughs> yeah, happening yeah. here. Like, how many times did this happen where it wasn't a troll it at all? A it was just a normal person. <laughs> Like there's other people in the tree area with the troll who have been like persecuted. Yeah, it's like, it's like stupid hey, things. Hey, you're a troll. Excuse me. You're a troll. I'm, I'm not a troll. Troll. I'm just a neighbor. A troll. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just a mailman. 
they're burying Trantor. Who they've finally captured after he's, I guess, turned he's... a bunch of the town's children into wooden dolls. Correct. He's stolen a bunch of the children. They haven't gotten the children back. I think they have the dolls. The so... troll turns children into dolls, yeah. by the way. As is as trolls are want to do. Yeah. They're burying it in the ground. It's tied up and it's in like a bag. In a, in a burlap sack. sack yeah. Like with chains around him. Yeah. But it like rips its hand out and it points at Phineas Worrell, who's yeah. like a really high member of the town. He's the reverend. Yes. And he's there saying like, He has stolen our children and tried to resurrect his wicked race. But we, in our righteousness, have prevailed. He's very authoritative, Phineas Worrell. Seems like a powerful man. And the troll rips its hand out of the bag and points at Phineas and curses him by saying that One with your blood in his veins will release me. Correct. And then he pulls his hand back in and is like, all right, bury me. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, all right, guys, you, you can do it. Guys. I've made my point. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually revealed that a little girl is telling this story. Yes, Elizabeth. Little Elizabeth is telling this story as part of her report on the town's history. Yes, she's in fourth grade class with uh, teacher Jackie Welch. Teacher Jackie Welch yep. of the Ernest Company Players. Yep. And that's where we also meet Kenny, our main character of the film, essentially, Ken- besides Ernest. Kenny is like a hybrid of Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Omri Katz <laughs> by way of... Of all the kids from Three Ninjas. Yeah. Uh, He's a 90s kid. He is. And then there's two bullies, the Murdochs, these two brothers that think that her report sucks. They're like, they're supposed to be about history. They do kind of have a point. This was my question because (laughs) at least for the Ernest in this movie, this is where Ernest's lineage is in this town in Missouri. Yeah, and I think that's distinct in this movie that we established that Ernest's family has been there for generations. Correct. Now, what I was confused about was, okay, this is supposed to be a history report, but then she's just telling like a legend, but then Jackie Welch says something like... Legends um, are part of the town's le- history. Legends are part of, of our town's history, which is fair, but then she says, yeah. especially here in Briarville, with, with our, our unique, unique past. past. Yeah. What does that mean? I Probably the fact that children randomly went missing around the time this troll thing was supposed to have taken place. I mean, I, think, I guess from, from a certain perspective, it's like, okay, that makes it spookier because she's like not really saying explicitly vague, what it is. Yeah. yeah, Weird stuff happens. All the people it, in the, it is, the tree. Yeah, it is weird stuff happens because as she says, with our unique past, she looks out the window to see a garbage truck being driven by Ernest P. Worrell, oh, which Ernest. is dragging some sort of other worker and like some stop signs and things it's just a, it. Yeah, she's screaming, Ernest, stop the truck. <laughs> We never find out who that person is. And she is. just like looks back and she's like, yeah, that's happening again. <laughs> she's just like, all right, class, continue. Yeah. Yeah. She turns back to Elizabeth and she says, so what was the curse that the troll put on Phineas? Yeah. And Elizabeth says. With like glee in her eyes. She's delighted to say this about this person. She said, Phineas's descendants would get dumber and dumber and dumber. Aaron Cut. Has- Two. Erin has a look of utter consternation on her face right now. I have contempt for this child and for this town. Cut to Ernest making an extremely stupid face. Like, okay, immediately, the contradictions, the insane contradictions begin immediately. You have no time whatsoever before you're like, wait, how is he stupid? How is he stupid? Stop. How is he stupid? (laughs) 
it cuts to Ernest with the dumbest look on his face because they're like, Jim, make the dumbest face you can make. And he's like, okay. It did feel like that he face makes... was only there to motivate the cut. And Absolutely. after that, it's just like, okay, right, by the way, guys, I'm an inventor. And then he goes into like the usual Ernest we know. Yeah. He's on top of his garbage truck and he has created the most elaborate contraption with like six mops yep. dipping themselves into soapy water. And he has a giant remote control with like seven settings on it. And he starts monologuing about how he is the sanitary engineer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they hired me as sanitary engineer, they had no idea that I was actually Ernest P. World, man of destiny, ruler of refuse. He calls himself several things. He calls himself the ruler of refuse yep. and the czar of jars. That's a reach, but I'll give it to him. No, Recycling. Immediately. Reach. Immediately. He's not dumb. It's even further than that. Not only immediately is he not dumb, immediately he's a brilliant inventor. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Um, <laughs> the machine is like a Rube Goldberg. And it's, this is the only movie where he's like that, right? Where he's an inventor? Not really. Oh, yeah? He's, it I would it say, shows up, but it's never like emphasized. It's just kind of there. It's often incidental to the it's, plot it's itself. It's totally incidental. So he's a, a tinkerer, if yes. you will. And I actually wrote down, particularly with the relationship that he has to the kids in the town that we see later in the film, uh-huh. he is essentially the Doc Brown of this movie. I was thinking He totally time. is. Oh, my God. Even like, he, he's he's like the weird crackpot inventor that I like, know. oh, you should stay away from that guy, Kenny. He's like bad news. It's like, no, he's actually kind of he, brilliant. He's like, he tinkers in his garage and he does weird stuff. But like, he's cool. He's on the, the level. The Laurels and the Browns are like cousins. Yeah. Like, he's <laughs> the Southern equivalent. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a really good analogy. He is. And, Thanks. Well, I have some more to say about that, too. We got a lot to say about Ernest the Inventor and then Ernest the Crackpot in this movie. Great Scott. Let's get into Ernest's bad luck, which also happens immediately. Right. Ernest has impossible luck. When we say that he has impossible luck, what we mean by that is the things that happen to Ernest, like, defy the laws of physics (laughs) and time and space. He doesn't have bad luck. He has impossible luck. things that are... I'm trying to think of like the best example. Like, do you have well, any... right at the start, like when he's in the trash compactor and he takes out the battery, and then magically, <laughs> an electrical yeah. spark, and it's, he's holding the battery away from the remote. Like, it's like a good, really like, far, yeah, yeah. yeah, like about a foot, and all of a sudden, like some nice, like hand animated, like electricity comes over in an arc. And starts the thing again. Yeah. We've talked about Ernest's relationship to electricity. I have a theory based on this and the previous movie (laughs) that Ernest's father is Thor. That is what I'm going to say. No, no. Well, what happens is, so we said that the invention is brilliant. Oh, yeah. It just seems to be hastily constructed. Right. He says something's wrong with the switch, which makes it go haywire for some reason. He falls into the trash compactor and then tries to save his own life. He tries every way possible. He, he like, fights for his life. He Solo's trash- it, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> we asked last time, does Ernest know that he's invulnerable to injury? And yes. in the trash compactor... He seems genuinely afraid of dying. Correct. And I was watching, I was like, aw, he thinks he can die. That's cute. <laughs> That's adorable. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like, I'm going to be squished. And he tries to like jam the compactor with a... Yep. with a Try and brace it with something. A shovel. And, tries, and like a muffler with like yeah, a... He uses his brute yeah. strength. Yeah. He also takes a little baby doll's plastic head. Oh, this is the best. And tries to wedge it into the gears, right? Yes. And then he has this bizarre conversation... With no one. With no one. <laughs> well, he does the voice of the doll. He's like, No, no, don't stick my head in those gears. But it's me or you. And I have a family at the doll factory. I'll send him a nice card. 
He feels bad yeah. about using the doll, so he has to rationalize it with an imagined conversation. Obviously, he's into Shintoism. He believes <laughs> that everything has a spirit, and so yeah, wants to respect. Ernest doesn't think in the way most people do. I would agree with that. Sometimes his thoughts can't be expressed by just him thinking, or mm -hmm. in this movie especially, sometimes he has to be other personalities to fully convey what he's trying to say. Right. It's very strange. Yeah, the way Ernest thinks is complicated. Yeah. And then the electricity part. His reaction to that is the most amazing thing ever. Jim Barney sometimes looks like a Muppet, and to me, he never looks more like a Muppet than in the scene where the switch isn't working. So he just removes the battery from the remote control which you'd think would work, right? Right. He opens his mouth really wide like a Muppet because he's really happy. And that's when the electricity then... jumps through the air. <laughs> electricity either loves or hates him. And I'm not it sure is. which. It's a very tempestuous relationship that they have. Indeed. It reminds me of something about Jim Barney's performance that you've talked about in the past where he's got to watch the battery come out yeah, of the thing. Yeah, he's leading the audience's eye. Yeah, it's very effective. He looks back and forth between the battery and the remote. Correct. There's a lot of earnest fiddling with contraptions yeah. in this movie and his giant cartoony hands are just like, they're so fun to watch. They're prominent and I think they're made even more prominent by the, the often vaguely fish eye that Ernest is shot with. Yeah, and like yeah. he's always jamming buttons with his giant fingers like, yeah. <laughs> Yep. So actually we should mention Rimshot in this movie because oh, yeah. Rimshot was in Ernest Goes to Jail but they're related relationship is much stronger in this movie. Yes, they've bonded. They have a real best friendship. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of Wallace and Gromedy again. Because Rimshot tries to save him. He does. Oh, yeah. And I think for a dog, he does a pretty good job of trying. He doesn't do it completely, but... He doesn't have thumbs. Yeah, so, yeah. you know. <laughs> but he... You gotta cut him some slack. Yeah. I think the best he does is honk the horn to try to get the attention of anybody that could actually has thumbs and can help. Yes, which he does. Yeah. And it's uh, Kenny and Elizabeth on their way home from school. And I'm going to mark this up as the first instance in this movie in which Ernest should be dead. The trash compacts him. Yes, he is not successful in escaping. But he's fine. He falls face first out the back of the garbage truck, stuck in a cube of garbage onto the cement. His legs are also like above his head. Yes. And he's rescued by Kenny and mm -hmm. Elizabeth. They run over and Kenny, he opens the back of the garbage truck and he's like, did it. And he actually does like a John Wayne impression. Yes. Again, you can already tell that Kenny spends way too much time with Ernest. I, I literally <laughs> have a note that says, oh Lord, Kenny also does a John Wayne impression. He's been hanging out with Ernest too long. Yeah, honestly, that's actually kind of a very clever way to establish that these two are friends. Oh, yeah. These two are friends. So yeah. Ernest's friend in this movie is this kid, Kenny. Mm -hmm. And he actually mainly hangs out with these kids. Kenny, Elizabeth, and their red shirt friend, Joey. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> Joey! <laughs> and there's a thing in this movie where Kenny's parents are always like, stop hanging around with Ernest! Yeah. Kenny, you have no business being with Ernest! Now, to me, like, I would be okay with Kenny hanging around with Ernest. But, like, the second that my child came home doing John Wayne impressions, I'd be like, no, no, no. This can't. Really? Gotta stop. This has That's to stop. where you draw the line? Like, no, like, no. Ernest, you're a bad influence. These are cliches. Uh, how dare you, sir? Don't teach my child cliches. What about, what about if your son came home doing a Walter Brennan I would be like, that's a little more obscure, honey. That's all right. <laughs> I'll allow it. This is highly irregular, but I'll, I'll allow, allow it. it. So you mentioned um, Kenny's parents. Uh, who's Kenny's father, Aaron? Kenny's father is yep. Sheriff Cliff Binder, yep. played by Daniel Butler. Yes. So, yeah, Daniel Butler's in this movie as the sheriff, who is basically serves as a character, as one of many characters in this town, to just go, Ernest! Yeah. Ernest! 
I will say, out of all of them, like I get the sense that the sheriff is like really trying hard to like give Ernest a break. Yes, he is. Like, I mean, he clearly he, he, he seems think- conflicted. Kenny and Elizabeth are riding in the garbage truck with Ernest, which they're not supposed to do. Right. And Ernest explicitly says this isn't allowed. Yeah. But he feels like master of his own destiny when he's driving. He feels above the law in his garbage truck. Cue the siren right behind him. Probably similar to how Jim Barney felt in his DeLorean. Speaking of Doc Brown. (laughs) Oh, my God. There it goes. This is getting heavy. I think Ernest really likes to drive, actually. Oh, yeah. You get the sense that that he really gets satisfaction out of driving. Yeah. But then Sheriff Binder catches them because we we meet Sheriff Binder because he's also talking to the town mayor, Mayor Murdoch, right? Who is the cartoon stereotype, Mr. Tipton slash Mr. Pendlesmith. He's more like Mr. Pendlesmith. Yeah. So the sheriff is talking to Mayor Murdoch, and Mayor Murdoch is complaining that this particular house in town, the Hackmore place still hasn't been cleaned up and it's apparently Ernest's job to do it and I thought it was interesting in this scene that in the opening scene with Jackie Welch and her fourth grade class I was like that kid's name is Murdoch like that's such a weird like bully name for like a kid and then like later it's like oh the mayor is Murdoch they are related. Yes. Ernest's best friend is a child who's in fourth grade. Their antagonists oh, their are, are related. Yeah. Although I don't think Ernest considers the mayor an antagonist, but the mayor considers Ernest an antagonist. Right. So the mayor yells at Cliff. He's like, get Ernest to clean up that place or fire him. Right. And Mayor Murdoch calls Ernest an idiot. And immediately I'm like, I have a lot of things to say, Mayor. <laughs> You don't even want to read my dissertation. So the sheriff pulls over Ernest. Was I speeding? I, sometimes the raw power of this vehicle just gets away from me. Ernest. I- yells at him. Tells him to get over to the Hackmore place. Right. A place that Ernest is afraid of for some reason. I mean, it's like he is a kid in the neighborhood and that, that place is like the weird house that you never want to yeah, go yeah. near. If you hit your baseball into that yard, you just leave it and you get out of town. After he scolds Ernest, he says, if you want to keep this job, you go over and clean up that Hackmore place. And well, Ernest I mean, is like, okay. And he walks over to his garbage truck. He's so sad. And he opens the door and immediately hits himself in the face. Just like in Christmas. <laughs> I was surprised at how many times I laughed at the slapstick. <laughs> Specifically, the J- Jim Varney, he's, he's awesome at it yeah and there are times where i was like i'm surprised i thought that was genuinely funny like i just caught myself off guard yeah and that door there's a couple other things that come up as we talk about it and well the door to a vehicle comes back later in the movie in a way that i find really satisfying (laughs) yes yeah 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 he's really good yeah (laughs) i mean like we've said before that jim varney is really good he's in top form we're just gonna keep saying it he's amazing yep and so this is the next major character, Old Lady Hackmore. Someone else who I would say is also great in this movie. Eartha Kid is in this movie. Yeah. I was shocked because I hadn't seen this since, you know, my sister watched it a thousand times from like Blockbuster Video. But I didn't remember her being in this. And she's really amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's great. You actually see this character as a child in the first scene where they're burying the troll. Now, is that she true? Must... I was curious about that. Yes. Okay. Because they call her Frances. Oh. And they say, Frances, it'll be all right. Right, we'll get them back. I'm gotcha, pretty sure that's gotcha. the same character, which makes her kind of she impossibly like, old. She's, she's a village immortal. She's pushing 100. Ernest goes over to her place. That is the place that the mayor wants cleaned up. 
Right. And now, what they want him to do is get rid of this, like, impossible amount of welded sculptures. Like, yeah. I don't even know how he's supposed to do that. I don't They're know, huge. I don't know if I picked up on this when I saw this movie as a kid because I owned this on a VHS 4x3 taped oh, off yeah, the man, television. That's not the way to watch it. Correct. But I don't know if I put it together. I was like, oh, why does she have a flamethrower? Oh, because she makes, like, insanely intricate yeah. trash sculptures out of, like, recycled They're material. Really cool. They're amazing. Like, this town just doesn't appreciate modern modern art yeah or it, inventions apparently. or inventions yeah. um their idea of what is valuable is kind of insane well it's like a town where it's like if you don't like such a narrow-minded of, town. exactly if you yeah. don't sort of like fit in like everyone else and just sort of like do like what everyone else is doing then you're like a weird that guy outcast. makes inventions he's really dumb yeah that woman uh has a bunch of trash sculptures outside she's crazy throw them out it's trash yeah. <laughs> god so so poor ernest the way he walks up to her house. He's doing this scared walk. It's, it's like his back is really stiff. He goes up to the door. He knocks on it for a second like bum bum bum. Well, nobody home. I guess they're out robbing graves or biting the heads off chickens or whatever's in Voodoo Vogue. I love the phrase Voodoo Vogue. Voodoo Vogue is, yeah. I'm like, Ernest, who talks like that? Like, <laughs> no, who, tell me. Who talks like it's not, that? It's not rhetorical. I genuinely want to I know. I want to know because I want to marry them. Just... <laughs> oh, man. So I have a couple of things to say about this. First is that Ernest does go up to the doorway in the way that you're describing. It's very much like a kid going like, oh, I got to go up to the creepy house to get my baseball he back. He plays it really well as in like, hey, kids, this is scary. It also feels a little bit like race dance about it where he's like, Good evening. He's a duly designated representative of the city, county, and state That's of New right. York. He's like very, he's trying to play it yeah, very hello, like Colonel official. Holt, yeah. yeah, that ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ernest. <laughs> she comes out and she looks like a ghostbuster, actually, now that you mention That's it. That's true. That's true. She's got a big flamethrower. Yeah. She's got goggles on and they put like extra eyebrows on her. She's like an elderly steampunk badass. She looks kind of awesome. Yes. Yeah, she belongs at a Comic Con just taking photos yes. with everyone. Yes. Why are people not cosplaying, cosplaying as her? old lady Hackmore? Yeah. <laughs> Holy heck, they're so cool. Yeah. Well, so the other thing that I want to say about this, and you can disagree with me if you want to because of your storied love for both Ernest as a character and Jim Varney, but I kind of felt like there are three Ernests in this movie. Mm? Ernest number one is Ernest because obviously he's number one. Uh-huh. Uh, Ernest number two is Kenny because he's like the Ernest in training. I'm sorry, no. Sort of. And Ernest number three is Old Lady Hackmore. No way. And I will, That's I will, interesting. I will get into this more as we go on. Just but like, because somebody is ostracized doesn't mean they're an Ernest. Well, they're all ostracized. They all sort of have their weird things with acting and creation. They all sort of have a... like aspirations to be the person that saves the day. And they all monologue to themselves. That doesn't make you an Ernest. There's more to being an Ernest I, than that. I agree with Aaron. Sure. There's way more to that being an Ernest. That is really okay. interesting, though. Uh, Kenny is kind of a bland character. That's true. An old lady Hackmore is a character all in herself. Right. I don't know. There's like three people who kind of like... Well, they're the team. They're the like, oddballs. Yeah. I guess maybe I mean, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It felt, but like, that doesn't mean that it felt like team Ernest to they're me. They're teamers, yeah. but it doesn't mean that they're the same. Sure. Because really, Ernest, he's like the earnestiest Ernest right. in this movie. And like, he's pretty... You kind of can't even approach... The well, earnest level. No, and I'm uh, I, I'm certainly not suggesting that they are in any way approaching the earnest level. Oh, so also say there's a difference between talking to yourself and monologuing to yourself. True. Old Lady Hackmore definitely monologues to herself. Yeah, that that's true. It's she's a student. But when, of but when I say but when I say monologue, there's a theatrical. Sure, she is. She is not it. as theatrical. She's, she's more, more of like, a muttering, she's crazy more like person. Traumatized. Yes, that's yeah, fair. There's difference. Because Although there's, there's, a, there's a big difference. Although we have often talked about how, in terms of Ernest's past and why he does the things he did, 
something happened. And something, something happened to old lady. Something Hackmore. happened to old lady Hackmore also. Yeah, her sister and we brother. We actually very explicitly know what happened. Yeah, we know what Hackmore. happened. Yeah. Her sister and brother were turned into little wooden dolls by a troll. That's true. That's pretty messed up. It's rough. Anyway, yeah. sorry. So, so it still doesn't excuse the way she treats Ernest in this movie. I'm sorry to bother you. You have bothered the whole planet. Specifically the way she treats at, Ernest at in, this, in scene. this scene. Yes. He very politely says, I'm just here to clean up all this garbage, ma'am. She says, aren't you that Worrell kid? You will bring down the curse on us all. Woe to you, oh, you seed of Worrell. Get out of here and don't come back. It's like rude to call someone a seed of anyone. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How degrading. It's like spawn. Worrell spawn. I think the... the, I understand you're going to defend this lady. The trauma in her history explains her her reaction without excusing it. Sure, but she's really mean. Yes. She tells him that he's going to bring the curse on the town, which is not only mean, but also particularly directed towards Ernest, reinforcing Ernest's very, like, low self-esteem. Right. He already feels like he is a walking personification of bad luck. You don't have to tell him that he's going to curse the whole town. (laughs) (laughs) I almost feel like she's trying to get him to sort of, like, she's letting him know, hey, you're going to do this, you're going to screw up. But if I tell him this, like, I feel like she's playing, like, the long strategy. Because <laughs> later on in the movie, she kind of knows about the prophecy. Yeah. And she knows what has to happen. That and I feel just... like she's, like, egging him on by saying, don't touch that thing. Don't press that she button. She wants him to? Interesting. I don't oh, know. That's wow. fascinating. Because later that's on, she mentions it. And I'm like, wait, you knew about this. You needed Ernest to start this So this up. is all part of her oh, plan in some ways. Oh, I wonder. She doesn't want those dolls turned into people again. That's right. Old lady That's Hackmore true. Is, uh, I mean, the only way to really defeat oh. Trantor is to have him be released. Yeah. But I, I just have to say, I love how <laughs> maternally protective you are of Ernest. Yeah, it is. It's heartwarming. So, like, I can't even say like two words about old lady Hackmore. It's like, no, she was mean <laughs> to Ernest. It's, all right. I don't mind people being mean to Ernest. I don't get that way about every Ernest, but it's specifically about Ernest in this movie. Right. In this movie, he's in a place that is really rough, more than in any other movie. Really? Really? Yes. And I'll explain. Even Ernest goes to jail? I I mean, I haven't seen... I'll tell you why. You know what? Let me say it right now. Say it, Eric. Because Ernest usually has the burden of being the screw-up, and the one that everyone's like, oh, Ernest, and having the impossibly bad luck. Yeah. Not only does he have all of that in this movie... He has a freaking town legend that says that he is stupid and that he is a destined screw-up. Yeah. He's never had that before. That's true. The entire town mm-hmm. is kind of against him And in the this. entire town, even if they don't believe the legend, they treat him as if they do. They treat him like the lowest. That's true. The complete lowest person in the town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he is the village idiot. Like, it's there in other movies, but it's never to this degree. Right. And to Nelson's point, like, arguably, jail is a scarier place than this town. Yeah. However... 99% of the people in that prison don't know who Ernest is, nor do they exactly. care. They're not, like, actively against him. Whereas in this movie, there's, like, a town where people are, like, an oh, it's that town. guy who's related to the dude from the legend. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There's an entire town where people are prejudiced against Ernest. <laughs> yeah. It's Ernest versus and society. It's yeah. kind of heartbreaking. And, yeah. and that's why this is, the like, the most emotional arc he has in this movie for me, because he starts at the lowest. Right. They all think he's an idiot. It's written into legend that he's an idiot. And I don't know where like this is a thing and i don't know if we want to get into it let's do it let's get into it let's dive deeply again you guys can tell me what you think but it seems like in this town the fact that the legend says that his descendants would get dumber and dumber i mean first of all we never hear the trolls say that Mm. to the point where i wonder if the town just inferred that 
Oh, that's interesting. Because we see the scene where the troll curses him. He doesn't say that. Also, Ernest isn't dumb. Yeah. He is the opposite of dumb. He's a misunderstood genius. He's a, he's the Doc Brown. Yeah. I know like like people are yelling at me like, this is Ernest scared stupid. Like the writers didn't write all that. But I'm not telling you what they meant to write. I'm telling you what's on the screen. Yeah, no, it's like, artist's intent versus audience perception. What's on the screen is like, they call him stupid, but it seems to me more like the town equated somehow the social fall of the Worrell family with getting dumber. Because Phineas Worrell is pretty high up. Mm-hmm. He's the reverend. The religious figure in a small town is a very high position. There's a lot of power there. Right. And then it seems like over the next couple of generations, they fell down the social ladder. I wonder if they blamed him for the loss of those children since he was in charge of the town and like the children were never recovered, like Maybe. all the wooden doll children. Yeah. And they fall down from reverend to wherever to when you get to Ernest, he is the garbage, garbage man. man. Yep. And it seems like they're like equating intelligence with social class. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I struggle every time I talk to people about like what makes someone smart, it's like, yeah, there's no like cut and dry answer but there's also not it's like a balance of like a myriad of like i mean i honestly do have opinions when i say ernest is smart like i'm not a person that says everyone is smart sure i don't believe everyone is smart no i agree and i genuinely believe that there are dumb people and i've met them but (laughs) ernest isn't dumb mainly the difference is the thinking the amount of thought that goes in ernest thinks not a lot. He thinks constantly. Yeah. He thinks to the point where he can't turn it off. Right. He is also thoughtful and considerate towards. Yeah. Uh, he has like he is not just smart, but he has Heart. very high EQ. Like his emotional quotient. Oh, is uh he's always thinking about Rimshot or the kids. Yeah. Um. Even when Kenny comes to visit him and he's like working on something really dangerous, he's yeah. like propping up a car with a with Jack, and he's just like, you shouldn't be talking to Kenny right now, Ernest. But Ernest wants to share. Someone came to me for my advice. Like, I have to. Like, yeah. You could say not only is Ernest often paternal with uh, children, but maybe he sees, like, that Kenny is similarly outcast in the way that Ernest is. Oh, I'm sure. If anyone asked Ernest for help, he would be eager to help. Absolutely. Whenever Ernest is selected by someone else, he's He's always like. When do we begin? When Let's do it. Selected. Really? Absolutely. Does yeah. he? Oh, Nelson, you've met dumb people, right? Does yeah. Ernest in any way strike you? Careful. Does Ernest in any way strike you as low intelligence or even average intelligence? Absolutely not. I like. I haven't seen the other Ernest movies in a while, but in this one, like the scene we talked about, just the inventions, and it's mm-hmm. like later on he does more of that. It's not just the inventions. It's also the way he speaks and is always thinking and like... I think you're right when you say he can't turn it off. Yeah, no, he can't. And I think there's also uh, in the same way that we talk about people reviewing the Ernest films and looking at something in a very surface manner and be Mm -hmm. like, oh, I know immediately what that is. I think the people in Ernest's life often look at him that way and this be is like, the height of that I know happening. exactly what what he's all about. Yeah. Again, kind of like Doc Brown. Yes. There it's- are so many more parallels. Like, I feel like... I know. In Back to the Future, like, the whole... I, I, you could argue that the movie is really about Doc Brown... Like, there's two stories going on. Marty's trying to fix his past. Mm-hmm. Doc Brown is trying to make sure that he is not the village idiot. And right. I feel like this movie Forever, is also yeah. earnest, like, That's doing the same exactly thing. what this movie is, Nelson. Yeah. Like, you've already hit it. You've yeah. already hit it. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. And no. it will, it will no. be no. reiterated. It, oh, yeah. That's exactly. And that. That's why I cried at the end of this movie. It's emotional what he, yeah. yeah. Ernest is overcoming a generations of town prejudice yeah. against him. Absolutely. No, it's, there's there's a point that I really was like. You got a little choked up. Uh, there's a point at the, at the climax of the movie where I was just like, hell yes, Ernest. 
There's a single tear rolling down David's cheek. Just like Iron Eyes Cody. Oh, man. Okay. Well, speaking of Ernest helping Kenny. Yes. Because this is, by the way, the second instance that Ernest should be dead. Because Eartha Kit ends the scene by setting off a flamethrower in Ernest's face. In a close-up of her face that's yeah. a little bit fish-eyed. <laughs> kind of like she's similar to Ernest. I don't think it's fish-eyed. And then oh. she puts the flamethrower right into the camera. Anyway, continue. Team Ernest. <laughs> yes. Hashtag Team Ernest. We've got Ernest, the paternal historian. That's true. He's offering some, uh, quote, hysterical perspective. He calls it hysterical perspective. <laughs> oh, Ernest. Yeah, Ernest is Ernest is using the car jack. Right. He's propping up this truck. And then Kenny comes over and asks advice because Kenny has built, like, this haunted house along with his friend Elizabeth and Joey. They built, like, this cardboard. It's adorable. It says, like, oh, like, haunted house, 50 yeah. cents a kid or whatever. And they're going to charge kids to go in there and yeah. snip on peeled grapes that are supposed to be eyeballs and everything. My eyes. Where are my eyes? Just, like, cute kid stuff. And then these little brats, the mayor's kids, the Mur- little Murdoch boys, they run over and they wreck their haunted house. They just, like, push it over because it's, you know. Because daddy's the mayor. Workmanship. What are you going to do? Shoddy workmanship. That's what that is. Your dad works for my dad. You're not going to say anything to me. <laughs> yeah, basically. So they push over that house. And I kind of saw that as a, hey, Disney, there's a haunted house. <laughs> oh, like oh. In, the, in a production <laughs> sense? like Yeah. Yeah, well, technically, this movie had a haunted house it had a haunted in it. House. Mm-hmm. Look, there it is. It says haunted house. There's yeah. your haunted, haunted house idea. So Kenny then goes over to Ernest for advice and not his father because Sheriff Binder is pretty much useless in the matters of advice. I think he's just kind of busy sheriffing ineffectively. Okay, I really don't want to sidetrack us, but I have something else to say. There is a, a through line in this movie of like town hysteria mm-hmm. that I think is interesting, and it starts yeah. a long time ago. Yep. And it ends in the climax of the movie. You're right, yeah. And I feel like Sheriff Binder, his job is so he's tough trying because to be the he's calm trying to eye of the storm. He's, exactly. He's, and he's trying to like rein all that in and be like, okay, like. Everyone calm Everyone, down. yes. Everyone is kind of like on edge and a little bit weird. Just let me do my job. I'm going to do the best I can and kind of rein everything in. And it seems like it really weighs heavily on him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but consequently, he doesn't always serve as the best father figure for his son. No. So his son goes to Ernest, who who always has an open ear and an open Two, garage. sometimes. And he goes and he says, these, these kids wrecked our haunted house. And Ernest decides to offer his hysterical perspective. And he starts talking about... The Ottoman Empire. Versus Botswana. Is this a thing that happened? Which, again, even if he's just making that up, like, the fact that he's just, like... He knows what the Ottoman Empire is. And he's, like, is, referencing, and- like, all these things, and he has props for them, and... Well, so... Or does he? I don't understand the reality okay, of this scene. Okay, okay, Ernest says, you need to learn a lesson from that little nation of Botswana. They defeated the giant Ottoman Empire because they had the high ground. And then he explains this by launching into a myriad of characters he's in different costumes and different lighting jim varney is now playing several different characters and it's like family album add he's like a a julius caesar kind of character he's an ottoman oh yes and the battle cry that he does for the ottomans is we're the ottomans and you're not Ah, we're the ottomans and you're not yes that's the the ottoman (laughs) battle cry that's intimidating oh my god i'm not he looks like curtain this place is just screaming for Drake. Don't worry about the Ottomans. They're just wusses. They're all talk. I knew an Ottoman Eagle Scout. He got a merit badge in wholesale slaughter. Ah! And he also does Auntie Nelda. Yes. And he's doing all these voices. He does Ace Worrell. The fighter pilot, Ace yep. Worrell. And now, Kenny loves it. He loves well, He loves it. And then he's kind of like, okay, Ernest, I kind of got it. Well, it's still going on. <laughs> well, Nelson, to me, I read it as he's doing all these voices. And that's what Ernest imagines the people look like. But he's kind of just doing voices in reality. 
but it is unclear. Well, one of the interesting things I noticed is that we're cutting between all of the Jim Varney characters and Kenny's reaction, but occasionally we're cutting back to the Jack underneath Ernest's truck that is slowly like... That's building tension. Bending, yeah, to build tension. Mm -hmm. But when we cut to the Jack, we see Ernest's legs next to it, and it's just jeans and the black canvas shoes. No, oh, Dave, you just oh, split yeah. it open. Yeah. Okay. So what it, I... So he is just imagining that he's in costume. That's what I think Ernest's acting ability is so strong... That you can kind of see... That it gives this kid some sort of synesthetic, like, reaction yeah. <laughs> to it. Where sure. he, yeah, he can't... That's, yeah, that's valid. Because he can't be changing costumes. No, it's, it's like He's impossible. doing voices. Yeah. I mean, it's impossible. Hmm. And I think it was just, it was just like, let's just let Jim do all his zany characters in the scene. Like, it's, busy. it's great. Okay, how are we going to explain it? We're not. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Just We're not. throw it out. Yeah. We didn't do it. This seems like Jim Barney. Because uh, it's a bunch of characters. It's very evocative of a family album, which is very, yeah. a lot of Jim Barney. And you mentioned before that somebody called Jim Barney a walking encyclopedia. That's true. I believe it was uh, one of his co-stars. Eric Alaniac. Yep. And I think Jim Barney actually was some sort of history buff. Interesting. I mean, whether or not the Botswana... Ottoman conflict was an actual historical event. And please tell us if you know whether or not it was. <laughs> this does seem like Jim Barney riffing on history. I, be I believe it. I did write down like, okay, is this Ernest multiple personality disorder? Right. But I thought about it and I don't think it is. Yeah. I think he is just, he's telling a story and he can't tell it as Ernest. Well, <laughs> basically. One last thing that I'll say about this is I think it's Ace Worrell says in the thing that's about to happen, which is with the, uh, the carjack, Ace Worrell says, direct hit. Way to go, Ernest. That's right. He talks to himself. And I was like, wait, so is that not Ernest? Is or like, or what's... I don't, he doesn't, when he turns into somebody else, I don't think he's thinking I'm Ernest. That he just, he's just, he's embodying the he's other embodying, character in the but fullest. He doesn't, he embodies it completely. Yeah. Well, remember, he's an actor. Exactly. Exactly. A consummate actor. So what the direct hit is, is the Jack flying out of the garage. And for some reason, Mayor Murdoch is parked outside of Ernest's garage. Like right out, like right yeah. outside. Yeah. In in a parking spot labeled Mayor's Parking Only. That's ridiculous. <laughs> because every local small town like service station needs a parking spot for specifically for the mayor. mayor. Yeah. Well then after Ernest gives this unsolicited history lesson. He then takes all three kids, mm -hmm. Kenny, Elizabeth, and Joey, to find a treehouse because Kenny, while he's listening to this, has the revelation that the high ground means they need a treehouse. Right. So, And to be clear, it's not to find a treehouse. It's to find a tree to build a treehouse in. Right, right. And the scene is nice. It's very reminiscent of like camp, like Ernest leading kids yeah, through the forest. Through the it's adorable. Yeah. This is again where like Ernest's genteel mannerisms show up because he says, With the right tree, we can build an impregnant fortress armed with nuclear rays, disintegrator beams, and all the latest electronic technology to afford us a safe haven against advancing hordes as well as offering truly elegant country living in rustic surroundings. I love that he he says it's decked out with weapons, but then he adds that it's an elegant. Oh sure, like, like, <laughs> like we're gonna we're gonna blow the crap out of but our enemies, but we're nice. not we're not it's gonna, gonna be, be like yeah exactly. The mannerisms that he puts on when he says elegant country living and rustic surroundings, he puts on this like a sort of vaguely effeminate, genteel yeah. mannerisms. He he really is a walking contradiction. Yeah, all that <laughs> denim. Yeah, he's like we're gonna make this lovely, and you're just like oh Ernest. Yeah, you make no sense. 
I love you. <laughs> so they find the widest tree that has ever grown out of the earth. Yeah. Ernest leads the children into the deep, foggy part of the woods. It's yep. dark there, even though it's daytime. Worst thing that could happen is Dutch elm rash. None of us are Dutch. I mean, he's just giving like great non-advice. Like, yeah. Remember, if you ever need to find north, the bark always grows on the outside of the tree. Ernest is leading the kids, and he is very paternal, and he's yep. being the adult. But also, the kids are reacting to him like, "What is he talking?" Like, they know yeah. that he's saying weird things. Particularly a uh, redshirt Joey, who's just like, "Is he for real?" Well, Elizabeth also. True. They're they're not quite team Ernest. Kenny is team Ernest, like hardcore. The other two are kind Kenny, of like skeptical. I think Elizabeth does genuinely love Ernest, but she also recognizes when he's saying absurd things. Do you think Elizabeth picked the report topic that she gave based on her knowledge of Ernest as a person? Ooh. What are you saying, David? I'm I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure either. Like, what does that mean for Elizabeth? Does she, like, have some sort of, like, oh, that guy is kind of weird and dumb. Yeah. But she seems to like him. She She says that he's never lied to them. Maybe it's a question without an answer. I think she might just find him fascinating. Oh, maybe she has, like, historical or hysterical interests and yeah. is like oh that's the guy who's like related to the guy from the report yeah. i wrote maybe i'll go and like kind of see what what that's what all about deal, yeah I, th- I think she might just find him interesting that he's a, a spectacle not I keep realizing like more and more parallels between back to the future <laughs> oh god like, the fact get that, into that it, the browns it, it and hill valley they come from he comes from a good good family like old money yeah and Ernest, his sort Same of like thing. great oh. granddaddy was yeah. like you know this reverend yeah. and now it's like they've become like both the black the sheep yeah, and yeah. it's like, it's this movie say, is really... I know. I got the exact same impression. Like, it was crazy. And then they build this incredible treehouse. This okay? is your high ground. They get all the stuff that Ernest has collected. He's like, this is going to be great. And we see Ernest, he's about to, like, nail the first piece of wood to the tree. Yes, just as the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step, a treehouse begins with a single nail. A normal person would just... Nail All right, I'm going to nail this in. All right, yeah. <laughs> but Ernest makes a speech about it. And when I say normal person, I mean a boring person. <laughs> the type of person Aaron would not want to marry. <laughs> Dave, you got it. Yeah. You got it. I think I know you pretty well at this point. <laughs> <sighs> I'm going to keep like an Aaron swoon meter, I think is what needs to happen. He made me swoon in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's clear that I love Ernest. Wait, what? But when I watched this movie yesterday, I fell in love, and not in the way that I've fallen in love with Ernest before, but I fell in love like, if I can't have a man like Ernest in Ernest Scared Stupid, I don't want a man. You know what? By Act 3, I get it. (laughs) Thank you. But so this first nail in the treehouse is actually what starts waking up the troll, Trantor. Is he awake the whole time? This movie is either really lucky or really clever because there's things where I was like, oh, I wonder if like this is going to happen. And then either it does or something even more clever happens. In this case, I was like, oh, Ernest is going to use this nail and like something's going to go wrong. But then he just starts nailing the nail into the tree like normally. I, and I, was I like, actually thought the exact same thing. And I was like, oh, nothing went wrong. Except... That he wakes up a the the troll. troll that, that's good. So essentially, something does go wrong, but as is often the case with Ernest, it's the most roundabout, impossible thing to happen. It's not like, oh, I tried to nail a thing into a tree and I hit my thumb. Gosh, that was stupid. It's, I tried to nail a nail into a tree and I, I awoke up. an ancient evil <laughs> that my ancestors yeah, put yeah, only to... Yeah. Ernest. Exactly. Only exactly. Evil. Ernest, and, I'm so disappointed in you. Uh, but then he makes this treehouse that is amazing. Yeah, with, with stuff that he tells the children he's been collecting for years. He's a hoarder. He collects things. 
Yeah. yeah I, I loved that where he was just like, I've been collecting this stuff for years. Like, use it. And I was like, oh, Ernest. Like, <laughs> yeah. that explains so much. And also, you're being generous and nice. Of course. Yeah. Do right. you think he just took all of the items in his house and, like, the ice cream cone outside and oh, all the deer that's just what brought it them? Is. Yeah. He was like, here, you got to have this. His house is just barren. Yes. <laughs> so they build this treehouse. It has things that launch weapons. It's a fortress. I mean, there's a front of a car yeah. on the top of it. Like, it's an insane treehouse and it's huge. It's not like a little shack. It's like the treehouse of children's dreams. Yeah, it's your dream. And Ernest is like, this is your high ground. He's so satisfied. Yeah, he, I wrote in my notes, this is your high ground. Ernest looks genuinely delighted. He's so pleased. He's beaming. Did it. <laughs> and he did do it. He did do he it. He did do it. Old Lady Hackmore runs up. Hashtag Team Ernest. O-L-H. Old Lady Hackmore. <laughs> she comes up. She goes, Ernest, seriously? Why did you pick this tree? All the trees and all the forests. <laughs> yes. You had to nail into this one. <laughs> if she were really in earnest, she would have done the Humphrey Bogart. All right. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> Any true Ernest would have. <laughs> no true Scotsman. Uh, she comes and yells at Ernest, and she's like, "What did you do to the tree?" She says, "This is a disaster or something." And Ernest is like, "Well, it's not the best treehouse, but I wouldn't call it a disaster." Like, no, Ernest, it's the best treehouse. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure it's the best. Take more credit. I- I've seen a bunch of treehouses in tree my house. time. That is a treehouse. Yeah. So this treehouse is on her land or something? I don't even yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, I guess maybe they didn't he didn't realize how far they had wandered into her territory. Well they did wander into that laser tag area yeah, of the it's forest. A dark, yeah, it looks foggy. like a, disco. There's a soundstage in there. Because <laughs> yeah. Elizabeth yeah. is freaked out. She's like, Oh my god, I thought she never came out of her house. Oh yeah. And and Ursa's is like, oh, I'll go talk to her and I'll, and I'll make it cool. And he chases after old lady Hackmore. They will return. Wait a minute. Fool, Wait a minute. We're not really on your place. More like above it. Couldn't we talk air rights? I actually like where she, old lady Hackmore starts screaming, flee this evil place, flee! And she runs away. And like when she says flee, like Ernest reacts like, like what the hell is that? They are <laughs> great re- together. Eartha Kitt and Jim Barney combined in scenes is oh, just yes. delightful. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man, they're both cartoons and they're both playing like this hyper. Yeah. They're hyper acting. Ernest chases after her. Mm-hmm. And then the Murdoch boys, again, the little bullies, attack their treehouse. Right. And there is a treehouse defending scene where they use all the weapons that the treehouse is decked out with. Again, it feels very like Three Ninjas, like nin- yeah, Ninja Turtles very, era. Like, I mean, it's the, ni- they it's throw the start pizzas. of the 90s. Like, it, it is. The it's 90s. a travesty, all that lost pizza. I know, it does. I did feel so like, many oh, this, this, perfectly this food good. waste is a sin, guys. Like, what's going on here? I yeah. know. They did look like they could be like moldy or like stiff, so. Yeah, maybe. Oh, I know the answer. Ernest drives a garbage truck. They got the pizzas out of the garbage. Oh, uh, yeah, But how, why did the people throw away so many whole pizzas? pizzas? Yeah, who's yeah. doing that? <laughs> like, what is your problem, Briarville? Clearly it's corporations, the Corporations in Briarville have real problem with so, uh, food waste. Maybe Ernest um, is a freegan. At one point, they like, catapult this pizza at the bullies. And Kenny says, ew, pizza mess. And I feel like he's trying to make ew, pizza mess a thing, and it just never caught Stop on. Stop trying to make pizza mess <laughs> Sorry, Kenny. It's not going to happen. Not a Sorry, Kenny. Pizza mess is so fetch. But they chase off the bullies. It actually gets dark. And then Ernest finally comes back from his five-hour conversation with old lady Hackmore. I mean, when two monologuers collide. <laughs> That's right. It's just like... This is an interesting scene. But Ernest returns mm-hmm. and he says, oh, old lady Hackmore was just upset because she still believes in like trolls and stuff like that. Like he says it very flippantly. He's right. not a believer. And then he says that she told him about this troll legend. And Elizabeth is like, oh yes, the troll. And the Kenny and Joey kind of make fun of her, specifically Joey. She's like, he's like, get a life, Elizabeth. Like that's not... 
Joey, go home. Up, Joey. Why do we like, hang we'll out with you? We'll, we'll talk. We're going to get into Joey in a bit here. <laughs> Joey, like nobody asked. That's why we don't walk home with you, Joey. Yeah. <laughs> okay, they'll see you later tomorrow. Ernest says he, she told him about a troll and she described the troll to him in detail. And he's, mm. He does this like funny like troll walk. He's like, the troll will walk like this. And he makes this face and the boys laugh and Elizabeth is like, stop encouraging him. It's kind of a great reaction. And then this is, this is interesting. So he says that old lady Hackmore specifically told him what would wake the troll up and then proceeds to act it out. Uh, you're totally right, by the way. She wanted him to do this. I'm starting to really think, Nelson, yeah. you're right. She had to set the prophecy. She told him exactly yeah. how, because he would never know to do that. It's like a really specific, like, put your hand on the tree and then knock three Yay, times. I call thee forth, And you, you have to say magic words. <laughs> you have to say specific magic words for this to happen. Yeah. What's interesting is that he says, she says that on a night before Halloween. Like this. And Elizabeth says, like tonight. Yeah. And then he says, When a world like you places his hand on a tree like this. Yeah, like he's making meaning, fun of her a little bit. He hears her. Yeah. She's saying it like to caution him, like, don't do this. Like what you're doing is actually like really close to what you're saying. And he acknowledges that he hears her and repeats it. But he's not really fully comprehending why she's saying that. Now, what I want to say about this is that this is actually a thing that, speaking of other characters, this is a thing that Doctor Who does. Oh. The Doctor has done similar things where people are trying to warn him about something or tell him something crucial, and he clearly acknowledges that he heard them, even to the point of repeating it after them without fully taking in the meaning of what they're saying. Now, the Doctor, in Doctor Who, the character is a genius, an actual genius, and Ernest does the exact same thing. And it is actually kind of crazy to me how, how Ernest has the stereotypical characteristics of TV and film genius characters. Now, how did they manage to infuse Ernest with so many characteristics of genius while not intentionally trying to write him as a genius? Uh, I think that needs to be a whole separate episode. How? <laughs> it's insane. In any other movie, he would be wearing a lab coat. Don't change his behavior at all. He acts exactly like the village crazy scientist. Yes, absent-minded, but a genius. Oh, I know the answer to this. Oh? Uh, it's because he has a southern accent. I was going to say that it's mm. right. The only thing that distinguishes Ernest from those characters in other movies is essentially three things. Number one, his wardrobe. Mm-hmm. He wears denim. He wears a baseball cap. Number two, his jobs. He's seen in menial labor jobs. Right. And number three, that he's Southern. Yeah. If somehow you add those characteristics to stereotypical genius traits and all of a sudden, character's not smart. It's dumb. Yeah, that's... That's very That's a really interesting point. Like, it just clothes... Southernness and uh, social status. Yeah, I'm. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with being a garbage man. I'm saying people think there's something wrong with being a garbage right, man. Right. Right. It really actually reminds me of like the way people look down on those kinds of jobs, and sure. like it's something that like Mike Rowe talks about a lot. Like Mike. Oh Rowe, yeah. Like the dirty jobs. Kind of coincidentally, looks kind of like Ernest at some points. But like. <laughs> oh he, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he oh he's always talking about how those jobs are looked down on, and they're like decent jobs, but they're associated with like a low social stance and low intelligence. Right. But unfairly. Yeah. It's crazy that this movie brought all of that to mind, but it really 
everything about Ernest is like it kind of does bring that to mind in this yeah. movie. Well, I mean, I think all of the other Ernest properties that we've already covered have kind of like built you up to this point, and now with this movie, this it was one, like it exploded the revelation. Yeah. yeah, it like catapulted me into this epiphany. I was yeah. like, oh my god! But you know what? He's never so explicitly been called stupid. I mean, it's in the title. And yet, this is like the height of his genius. It's insane that the Ernest at the height of his genius, where he's at his most stereotypically mad scientist-y, it's called Ernest Scared Stupid, and the conceit that he is stupid is an actual plot point. Yeah. I don't think I can follow this. Yeah. Like, I can't, I, I can't top Where this. Where do like, we yeah. go? I, as you often say to uh, other people on this podcast, uh, you've blown this wide open, Aaron. <laughs> I had a revelation, Dave. Yeah. Um, and, and I cried. And he really, like, that whole genius thing, like, he wears in all all the movies, he has the same, I wouldn't even call them clothes, it's a uniform. Yeah. And he it's wears the, the same exact thing It's the every team, day. team Ernest uniform. But, you know, there's there's that, I don't know if this is true about Einstein, but that idea that he would have the same set of clothes every day, so all of his thinking went to... Holy or, crap. or Steve Jobs. Yeah, Holy not crap, not towards Nelson. what I'm wearing, but I'm going to focus on my inventions, oh my and I just wear God. this thing every day. My uniform. <laughs> guys, guys. Oh my God! I just had to turn the volume down so much, I can't even tell you. <laughs> Yeah, I think he, I think you're on the money. Yeah. Oh my god. He has no time to pick out. He has to. You're focus. right. He's thinking too much. He can't yes. think about clothes. He has inventions to make. Yes. He has sanitation engineering to innovate. <laughs> Guys, I just have like dumb stuff written about like Tom and Bobby. Like I have no other good points to make. What are you doing? I told you I had a lot to say about. No, this I do. Movie. I do have some other stuff to say. I'm just kidding. Oh my god. This is great. <laughs> but, but yeah, Ernest wakes up this troll. Yes. Again, impossible luck. But you're saying it's impossible luck. Now I'm saying, yeah, Nelson's right. Old Lady Hackmore orchestrated this. These, yeah. She pulled the strings. And it is kind of destiny. I think Ernest is drawn to this tree because it is destiny that he slay this troll. He will not allow them to miss Phineas their rendezvous Worrell, with destiny. Well, Phineas Wall just buried his problems, man. Ah. Literally yeah, buried no, I, his I, problem. I, mm-hmm. He didn't defeat it. He just buried it. Yeah. Ernest has to be the one to actually finish this fight. You gotta finish the job. That's right. So, yeah, the tree, like, starts shaking, right? And all the kids get scared. Yeah. All the kids just, like, flat leave Ernest. Yeah. Like, bye. Well, they're also kind of creeped out. Well, I know they are, but yeah. they also leave him to die. They do, they do. <laughs> they leave him to die. This troll attacks Ernest, and he says, "I no, I said that too fast. A troll attacks Ernest. Yes. A giant troll. I had a, a bit of a journey with the troll because okay. constantly throughout the movie, Ernest is saying, he's making all these allusions to snot. Yeah. He oh, won't stop troll. talking about the troll's mucus. Yeah, it's a lot. He's calling him booger lips. He says, sayonara snotwad. And I did not realize until much, much later that the troll had two noses. Two noses. Two, two noses. noses on a troll. That should be a rule yeah. for all creatures. Uh, he's designed by the Kyoto Brothers, who mm-hmm. you probably know for um, Large Marge or um, a great effect in UHF. The troll, it looks like a Kyoto Brothers creation. He's got mm-hmm. like um, weird kind of spines coming out the side of his head. He's got big lips, big ears. His head is basically, he's mostly head. No, yeah. Proportionally, his head takes up like a third of his body. Maybe. Yes, like correct. The troll might be a perfect foil for Ernest because he's also an actor. 
the trolls and actors. Oh, yes. sure, yes. He's, yeah. putting, oh, that's he's putting on all that's these right. voices Jeez. and like uh, doing all these cadences and like luring. Like uh, that's so he does creepy. Elizabeth's voice. He does Ernest's voice. Yeah. So the troll, like Ernest, actually manages to survive this first appearance of the troll by knocking over uh, a couple of cartons of milk. Purity milk. Purity I milk. I should say. I was going to say. I wrote down. Did purity milk have some hand in funding this movie? They're all over all it. Yeah. All over it. And I was kind of like, you know, my little ad loving heart went. Purity. So Purity Milk is uh, the main milk company that Ernest in the ads is pitching. Oh, yeah. sure. Okay. Yeah. One of the main ones. I mean, yeah. there's a few, but like so, Purity was yeah. a big deal. And actually, we see the troll run away as soon as he knocks over cartons of milk. Yeah. Because it's afraid of milk, man. It's afraid of milk. And when the troll comes into the treehouse and it roars, just a little shot of rim shot, his little ears go up. And Ernest is doing the thing that Ernest always does when he is in distress. See that he references things to make himself feel better. And I think he says something like, boy, he says, he I, says, I sure hope you're from Keebler. Yeah, he says, I hope you're from Keebler. And then he says, You don't want to fight me. I know Tai Chi, Gung Fu, Chow Man, and I saw Hulkamania three times once in slow mo. He watched it once in slow motion. <laughs> I love that he watched it once in slow I'm going to study this. So the troll runs off. And starts attacking children. Yep, he catches... Uh, <laughs> catches Joey. Yeah, sorry, Joey. Joey... By doing an impression of Ernest. Yeah, that's messed up, man. Yeah, it's like, like, that's... Because I would be so pouring relieved. salt in the wound, yeah. yeah. Oh, if, but it's great. It's such like a horror movie convention, yeah. though. It's like, oh, I thought I got away. Nope. Kenny, like, falls in the ditch. Very small ditch, I'd like to add. <laughs> that he is freaking the hell out about. <laughs> Nelson, I think you need to stop victim-blaming everybody, okay? Maybe, <laughs> sure. Maybe instead of not falling <laughs> sure. in a ditch, the troll could have just not turned children into wooden dolls. How about maybe, that? Yeah, okay. Okay. Let's, let's, put right. the, let's put the blame where it... <laughs> uh, it is Joey, though. Joey does suck, though. <laughs> <laughs> Joey hears his little voice. It's like, Hey, I gotcha. Thanks, Ernest. You saved me. I thought I was a goner. <laughs> and then it turns out to be the troll. It's a terrifying Cut like, to Tranter's shot. big, ugly face. Dear Lord. Yeah. Big animatronic so face. Uh, so good. Yeah, it Yikes. is. It's pretty nice. Yeah. Like, the troll effects in this movie are like, oh, no. top yeah. notch. Yeah. Kyoto Brothers do not mess around. Yeah. I, I think when they find the treehouse, like a little ghost soul like, floats yeah, out. It's like, I'm some... a soul. <laughs> and I'm just going, like, yeah. sorry, was that a human soul? Was that a human soul that just flew out of the tree? What's happening? <laughs> so Ernest has run all the way to Sheriff Binder's house. Which is totally logical. Right. The exact thing that he should do. Right. Find law enforcement. Doesn't work out. No. And but I do appreciate there there's a solid few seconds of Ernest the monologuing from behind Daniel Butler's front door before he actually <laughs> opens the door. He's like, Sheriff Binder, Sheriff. Well, he's yeah. describing the troll, frantically describing the troll and accurately describing the troll. He says it has two noses. Correct. He says it has a big head. And Kenny's on his side too. Kenny's like, you know, Dad, something, something weird really was, weird was happening. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is another instance where no one believes this crazy nonsense that Ernest says. Right. But he's not lying. Correct. He does tend to lie about his fighting skills. Sure. Because he says, I don't believe that he actually does know Chow Mein. Well, he also says, I, I saw a troll. Luckily, I was there to like beat it within an inch of its life. Like right. He says he beat up the troll. He didn't. He always throws in that thing like, well, and then I got it good. Like, yeah. oh, Ernest. You don't have to say that. I mean, that goes all the way back to camp, right? Where all he's the like, way back. Yeah. Oh, he Ernest. Won't. That's another thing with Ernest. And Ernest has like the struggle with like manhood. He's always trying to be like a big man. And like he has this like conflict yeah. about it. Which I have things to talk about I mean, that also later a, in this movie. That's an, a, an unfair expectation placed on all men. Absolutely. Well, again, if we take this movie. He's not a stereotypical brute, but he tries to portray one. It's really weird. Right. If we take this movie's like town location as like the sort of Midwest. stereotypical, like, oh, everyone should just kind of fit in and be normal 
normal and follow these societal norms, mm-hmm. then that sort of pressure becomes very, uh, it manifests itself in a very re- real way. Yeah. I will say this movie's deep and be facetious about it, but actually, it's bringing up a lot of stuff. This this is an exceedingly well-crafted movie. Yeah, actually. I was surprised re-watching it. You know what? To hell with it. I'm saying this movie is deep. There's there's some stuff going on here that's really interesting. You know, you, yeah. don't, you don't have to be like highbrow or like high-minded to, yeah. to think about real world things no and i think this movie brings up stuff that is interesting to think about both in terms of people's roles in society and also yeah. uh childhood versus adulthood and what all that means yeah mm. so You're suck right. it haters <laughs> well said <laughs> that's right david so sheriff binder does not believe Ernest because he's the village idiot correct this town this backwards town old lady hackmore calls the town backwards she does she first meets Ernest. oh my gosh well what you said earlier about how phineas world does not solve the problem no, he just barely it. it yeah that's something a backwards town does and like yeah. the parallels of like both towns calling for death yeah in both of their situations and like how they're resolved by their respective morals yeah. is very telling oh man we just gotta get to there so many layers. button this up all right so meanwhile the troll is growing these little slimy pod things. They kind of look like Brussels sprouts. Th- those are the troll babies. Yeah. And once they, they grow... They kind of look like the gremlin cocoons. Yeah, they're kind of like their cocoons. That's what they are. Yeah. And Ernest, since he's been thrown out of Sheriff Binder's house, he's like, well, the next logical person to go to is Old Lady Hackmore. Right. And he runs over there, and he teams up with Old Lady Hackmore. It's like, yeah, they're teaming up. And I think you're right, Nelson, because when he goes to Old Lady Hackmore, he's like... I let the troll out. And he sounds so disappointed with himself that he has to say it. And she's just like, it started. She's not like, what? Yeah. She's just like. She's like, it has begun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she has been playing the long game. Yeah, yeah. She oh, knows. man. And then they go inside her house and there's this really cool shot of like the camera is like circling around Ernest as he's looking around her house terrified and yeah. like, he, walking deeper into it. I'm inside he's the creepy inside. neighbor's house. Yep. It's great. I wanted more of that. Mm. It's like we get a little taste of it. She's like opening all these books that she has, these old books about how to kill the troll and the specific troll's legend. And he says something about the books and he looks at it. He goes like, is there any more pictures? It's like this other thing to try to tell you that he's dumb. But it's again. I think he just really likes picture books. Yeah. Not everyone is text inclined. Some people are more visually inclined. Absolutely. It's like the notion that like comic books are somehow lower art because they have pictures. Yeah. Or like some people are dyslexic. Like it's not. The ways that, like, when they try to show Ernest to be, like, quote-unquote dumb, the ways they do it are, like, really, it's sort of inaccurate. Yeah. They're, like, common misconceptions about what makes people dumb. Like, what makes you dumb is not thinking very much. I would argue that most of the people in this town, through their ignorance, are far stupider than Ernest could ever be. But she tells Ernest, like, you're the one that has to fight this thing. And he says, you got the wrong guy, because the town has pretty much embedded in his mind that he is useless. And he says, you're the only troll fighter we have. She says, you're a warl. She says, you're the seventh son of the seventh son. You're the baby. You're the boy. Does she say that? Yeah. Yes. And I was like, the seventh son? Does that mean that Ernest, Ernest has like six, six brothers? brothers? I wrote the or exact is there same thing. Like, or is it further back in his lineage? Like, right. He seems pretty what alone. What if they're all twins in every <laughs> Ernest, in <laughs> every movie? They'd be subtuplets. Yeah, it's just a brother. <laughs> Whoa! Okay, wait, hold on a second. <laughs> they're all... Wait, hold on a second. What if every episode of Hey Vern, It's Ernest is not a different universe, but it's a different one of the Ernest septuplets? <laughs> That's where Stop I think it. we've, we've cracked this. <laughs> 
Uh, I think it's maybe like the lineage. Yeah. Like, but she says you're the baby or the boy. Now this I wrote down Venn diagram with Jim Varney because mm-hmm. Jim Varney had three older sisters and they were significantly older than him. Oh. So he was the baby and the only boy. Interesting. He's the baby. <laughs> Interesting. It's like it's the party was, like, was born to play. Is that a Jim play. Varney reference? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> so many levels. My notes in this part were they basically have a monologue off. <laughs> And this is what leads us to uh, the, quote, great redneck hope. That's the thing that really, when she says great redneck hope, that's when he, like, I mean, that's when he fills up with confidence. The great redneck hope. Hallelujah. That sounds like a prophecy. Yeah. Like legends foretold, the great redneck hope. She even has a portrait of Phineas Worrell in her house for some reason. <laughs> well, for some reason is for uh, so narrative convenience. He's infused with confidence and he runs through the town with a megaphone screaming like troll alert or something like <laughs> yeah. that. And this is again where you see like the town just like, oh, uh, that's earnest you get again. the impression it's like, oh, there he is again. And, like even the mayor says, what's he yelling about this time? Yeah. yeah, the t- entire town has written him off, except for perhaps Tom and Bobby. Who yes. Are, instead of Chuck and Bobby, we have Tom and Bobby, who right. are, I guess they run some kind of shop where they just sell everything, basically. I had a couple of notes on this. First is just, sir, you are not Guy Lord Sartain. Uh, no, he isn't. But he does um, do a serviceable job of filling that role. Yeah, I agree. And this guy is actually an actor named John Cadenhead, who plays a character named Crazy Ernie in the Weird Al movie UHF, which is the only other thing I've ever seen him in. But he's essentially like a used car salesman there, which is sort of the role that he fills Yeah, here. it's the but- used car salesman persona, and then Bobby is like the silent partner, like literally the silent part <laughs> and uh tom at one point refers to bobby as his big brother bobby ah, and interesting. i think i thought that was interesting from the perspective of a is bobby supposed to be younger or older than chuck and b i like the idea of the chuck and bobby and tom now lineage i like the idea of that lore expanding you think he's just another brother and chuck is off somewhere that's what i assumed oh interesting he went to alaska to get the uh, materials for another baked alaska well in this movie they played the tulip brothers yes and like they have a little logo with their faces Which is plastered their all logo over the is town. everywhere. We see it in the treehouse scene when, like, in the treehouse fight. Like a there's a cardboard box on the floor and stuff. The Tulip Brothers logo on it. Like, we see their logo, like, everywhere before Ernest's, we actually meet them. Ernest's truck has air fresheners. There yeah. are Tulip Brothers air fresheners. Yeah. And it's, it, wor- it's good world building. We'll good world building? <laughs> So Tom and Bobby, they're they're like these uh, like snake oil salesmen, yeah. essentially. They manufacture everything in this town. Which is probably why they don't look down on Ernest. But... They see him as a sucker to be taken advantage this of. This is why his yeah. inventions fail, because he's getting everything from the Tulip Brothers. <laughs> oh, I believe that. Jeez. I believe that. And, and that yeah. is why... This... Shoddy materials? Yeah. yeah. It's not Ernest's That's fault. the Tulip Brothers I think it's also yeah. Ernest's hasty construction. Like, he, he gets overexcited and he kind of rushes headfirst into things. And, All and emotions. His polish is not really there. So they're selling him a bunch of, like, troll like capture and uh, repellent equipment. Yeah, he comes and he's like, there's a troll. And they're like, oh, sure, we'll send you, we'll sell you a ton of troll catching stuff. Some of the items are just normal, like nets or whatever, things that are not like troll specific. But then some of the things are very troll specific where they have like boxes that say like troll repellent And or there's whatever. like drawings of the actual troll yeah. on it. Well, to the point where I'm like, maybe you're just insanely good swindlers where you had like a they contingency have, yeah, for every, every like, occasion. So, at some point, someone's going to come in for looking for for this and we're gonna have it yeah exactly (laughs) Ernest asked does it come with like the album of every troll love song ever written and they produce it from behind the counter yeah they give him this like whole troll package like they tell him it's like a thousand dollars right like some crazy oh yeah they're taking him for all he's worth but he buys it because he's dedicated to this cause well he's been infused with like the uh 
Yeah, I mean, the, this is the first time that anyone's actually told him that he could do He's something. the only hope, yeah. Think that he was in any way useful. Yeah. Oh, and meanwhile, Kenny and Elizabeth realize that Joey never got home. They're like, Joey never got home last night. Yeah. <laughs> actually, Elizabeth is like, Ernest saw something out at the tree, and he's never he's lied never to lied. us before. Mm-hmm. And I thought of you immediately, and I was like, okay. That is consistent. Yeah. They go to old lady Hackmore's house. They are, see are they Ernest. looking for Ernest? Well, they, no, because they see his truck and they're like, Ernest is here. And they mm-hmm. run in because Elizabeth says we can't go in there. And Kenny's like, it's all right. He'll know what to do. I was like, oh, Kenny. Oh, Kenny. Have you been paying attention? <laughs> as brilliant as Ernest is, knowing the exact right thing to do immediately is not one of Ernest's strong suits. I would agree with that. Yes. They run into the house. They find Ernest. And he's like, hi, kids. And then old lady Hack, <laughs> he does. And then old lady Hackmore runs out and frightens them. And this is a weird part where like, Ernest says something like, Don't be looking at her. She's a Gemini. And besides, it's a full moon. <laughs> know what I mean? <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, what do you mean? It's a full moon? Is she also is she, a werewolf? Is she on her period? She can't be. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, only note on, my only note on this part is that there are way too many cuts to a full moon in this movie. <laughs> it's always a full moon. Yeah. And this is where old lady Hackmore like, starts talking about how the troll needs to collect five children. The troll actually has already snatched Joey. And then outside the house, he snatches this other poor kid that's just like riding his bike by. <laughs> so the troll needs five kids to release his army. His army. <laughs> Thank you, Eartha Kit slash Dr. Otto. Um, we see later in the film that she has four dolls. Yeah. Do you think that she escaped the troll? Oh. Like she was the fifth kid to get captured oh, and she escaped. Man. And that's why she feels responsible for like freeing the other kids because it's like, oh. He did never got to release his never, army because he only got four. Four out of the five, yeah. Right. The ritual. And she might have been the last one. Yeah. yeah. It's possible. I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> And she um she reads the prophecy that says, like, there's one who can stop me if he will dare with the heart of a child and mother's care. That's true. Which immediately she jumps to, we need a child's heart. Like, <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. I don't think that's what it means. She, like, laughs in these kids' faces, like, we need a child's heart. Ah! That's pretty good. Cut to Ernest making a troll trap out of a dumpster. Oh, this is great. Everything's great. It, he's written kids for free on it. And, like, also an arrow that just says trolls. Hashtag kids for free. And this leads up to a very nice dumpster slam gag. It's dumpster slam. That is what I was talking about. That was the one of the things where I was surprised by his timing when <laughs> you should describe what happens. No, and... I mean, they have this conversation that's like, Ernest, you're not going to like sacrifice anyone, are you? Well, human sacrifice would definitely be a last resort. He, he explains his plan, which is that he's going to lure the troll into this trap. Kenny's like, yeah, now when this alarm system goes off and he lifts this gigantic remote control into frame. It looks like the gate opener from Christmas. Clearly made by Ernest. Yes. Because he can just whip up these things at a moment's notice. Oh, yeah. Because he's amazing. Yep. Well, you know, in a certain way, Ernest being a garbage man also makes sense because it's like he has free access to just people throwing away like a bunch of perfectly good technology. That's, oh, that's he would want that job. Like, that. I, I joked about him being oh, a freegan yeah. earlier, but he really probably is like a dumpster diver. Of course he would be. Yeah. Okay, you're right. So... <laughs> Then um, he's got this lollipop. He puts it down oh, on the like, dumpster. And then he picks it back up, which is also like Ernest. That's a dumpster. He puts his hand like where the open doorway of the dumpster is. It's like the is. rim of it. Yeah. yeah. The door just falls on his hand and just crushes it. It's so good. The delay. He just, oh. There's a delay. It's perfect timing. He looks mean, back at the hand. He looks back at you. He's wondering, should I be 
hurt. I think I'm hurt. Yeah. I mean, he's he had, really he's had 10 out. years to practice getting his hands crushed in something. So that he screams very satisfyingly into yeah. the camera. My next note just says, the troll's killing spree. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a spree at this point. Yeah. I mean, Ernest has got this troll trap set up and like, and there's an alarm system. Like if something gets caught in the dumpster, it'll go off and alert Ernest. Yeah. Because Ernest has rigged this to happen. Because he's a genius. <laughs> because, because he's, he's a, a genius. genius. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I mean, then it gets disturbing because... Oh, I love it. Elizabeth, little Elizabeth. I mean, this is where it gets creepy. Elizabeth and Kenny go to their respective homes after Ernest drops them off. Elizabeth goes into her house after giving Kenny like this kiss on the cheek that is a big deal to Kenny. And uh, Ernest makes that embarrassed face that he makes when uh, Harmony kisses him on the cheek. Yeah. He's like blushing. And it's actually the night of the Halloween party at this point. It's Halloween. Right. It is Halloween. Elizabeth's mother is like, Elizabeth, put on your costume. We're going to the Halloween party. And Elizabeth's like, I don't want to go to the Halloween party. Elizabeth's mother, mother is- we should point out, is clown mom, Denise Hicks. Is it? Yeah. Okay. She's great, actually. Yeah. I was like, oh, who's this lady that's not bad? Yep. <laughs> Well, Elizabeth is, is, she says she feels like there's something under her bed. Yeah. She's like very visibly shaken. Yeah. She's on the bed. She's creeped out. She asked her mother, can you just like check under my bed just to make sure that like there isn't a troll there? I mean, like, I know that's a weird request, but like weird stuff has been happening. And like, and her mother's just like, you're acting like a child. This is a thing that people say that it's a running theme. It's like, stop acting like a child everyone by the way elizabeth literally is a child kind of unfair to ask her not to act like one yeah yes like fourth grade you're like nine years old it's like, yes. relax mom and so her mother like storms out and elizabeth has to look under the bed herself doesn't see anything except for her teddy bear right She's like oh it's just you mr snuffles she cuddles with her little bear on the bed child yep she turns over yep and like a horror movie it's great she turns over in bed and there's a troll in this child's bed. Who just this, grins like a maniac. This poor little girl. Yep. That's so upsetting for a child. Oh, yeah. It's in your bed. Oh, not, yeah. No, I'm not under your bed. I'm in your bed. <laughs> how was your sister even taking that? I, I don't know how my sister wasn't afraid of... <laughs> this, this was a little girl who my sister was afraid of sand. Like, <laughs> Wait, the only really? child... Hold on a second. We took her to the <laughs> beach... Wait. And she put her foot in the sand, and she screamed bloody murder. Wait, like she thought it was quicksand or something? No, she just, she just didn't, didn't like, like the sand. Feeling, I think of sand. So coarse and rough, gets everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So, so this is a little girl who was afraid of that. Meanwhile, she loves labyrinth and this movie, and, and they both focus. have giant creatures with giant heads, yeah. like grotesque heads, and she's a okay. <laughs> Fine. Maybe I, she's cathartic uh, to live out your fears in a safe environment. I don't... But I think there's also, like, trolls and creatures. Like, you know where you stand. Like, oh, that guy is, like, menacing and has big claws. Got it. Yeah, okay. sand. You don't sand is like, sand. all right, sand. <laughs> sand is... You don't like me and I don't like you, but, like... But let's, you're let's everywhere get, let's get this at the straight edge here. of yeah. the ocean. But poor Liz, so the troll snatches her up, turns her into yep. a wooden doll, yep. and then uses her voice to lure Kenny. You get the creepiest scene of Kenny walking alone in the dark. Kenny's been having a tough day i think his mom like yelled at him for getting beat up by other kids that's right like the murdochs terrorize him in troll costumes yeah and then he's walking along later and he runs into this this poor child oh dear (laughs) named greg yeah right he's on his way to the halloween party and greg little greg is like why aren't you in your costume? We're supposed to be at school. Like he has the <laughs> smallest little voice. Greg. This child has the littlest voice. 
and Kenny has like a mission. He's like, I'm not going to the party. Yeah. And Kenny hears Elizabeth's voice calling from this big metal. It's like a big it's metal. It's a big duct. It's yeah. like from like a, like a construction site or something. Yeah. Like. It's like, come here, Kenny. From the darkness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's walking towards it like, Elizabeth? Like, it's and, a thing that Elizabeth does sometimes. <laughs> like, what are you? But then he turns around and there's the most terrifying shot of the troll holding this kid, Greg, by like the like back a, of his yeah. head. Like he's like a puppy. He might as well be holding the kid's decapitated head. Yeah. Like that's how frozen the kid it's like looks. Like some sleepaway camp the stuff. The kid looks frozen. Yeah. Like he's been paralyzed or something. And then you would just see him turn into wood and shrink. Yeah. His, it's his, freaking his, his terrifying. Wood, his wood countenance is, uh, I guess I'd describe it as carbonite esque. I think that's why he's mm. par- he looks he's paralyzed. Like, First he's paralyzed yeah. and then you become actual wood. Oh my gosh. The hard cut to that image yeah. was terrifying. I was like, oh my God, kids. Yep. I love this movie. Oh, kids. <laughs> Maybe that's why this movie didn't do that well at the box. I think office. it's exactly why, actually. <laughs> scary. Yeah. Are kids bothered by that, or is it just parents not wanting to? I think it's the latter. Like, if this aired on TV, which yeah. it did a lot, I feel like it would have found much more of a TV audience just because, like... I think with movies and theaters, you're counting on the parents to actually take them. Right. And there's also the recurring theme of, I know, I know what, this, what movie this movie is, is without, without even seeing, seeing it. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, oh, uh, Ernest, that plagues him. Yeah, so what happens next? Well, now the troll's got four children. Joey, random blonde kid that was minding his own business riding a bike. Elizabeth, and now this poor kid, Greg. Yes. Needs one more, right? Luckily, Ernest is still, um, he's kind of patrolling. In the garbage truck. Patrolling, get it? Uh, <laughs> that was a slow burn for me there. <laughs> Um, but he is in he is in the garbage truck, and I have to give it to Ernest again. Using a dumpster as a troll trap when you, when you drive a garbage truck is a brilliant idea. You drive up, you scoop up the thing, you throw him in a compactor, and no, he's no, dead. No, no, he not only does he have a trap with an alarm on it to let him know if something gets in, he's also driving around looking for it. Yeah, he's like he's it's being proactive. The most effective way to look for a troll, like it's not a bad <laughs> idea at all. You know, I've seen I've seen a lot of ineffective ways to look for trolls in my this time. This is not one of them. This is one of the more effective <laughs> yeah, ways. He's got a really great troll method. Yeah, he always has. There's a method to his madness. That's true. And and he, he's trolling. And then Ernest almost gets shot as he's getting a snack yes uh, he goes in the grocery store and he stocks up on hostess snack cakes he's saying like a hungry lion hunts best but an army walks on its stomach or something yeah. like that yeah and he's buying purity chocolate milk he's oh, he drinks chocolate milk yeah. of course he does yep. he's talking to like the clerk in the store whose name is jimmy it's like oh hey Ernest, are you going to that halloween party that the entire town is at because we have nothing else to do and Ernest is like, no, I have to keep an eye out for trolls. And like he says it a few different ways. Someone has to stand vigil over the town. Stay at his post. Row the boat. Be ever alert. Lost between meals. Remain steadfast and truncated. I love that Ernest can't say one thing. He has to say five things. And now yep. because now I'm seeing it as a sign of genius. Like his brain doesn't that's what I'm talking about. It yeah. doesn't stop. And then the troll shows up in the store behind Ernest, and Jimmy, in his terror, nearly shoots Ernest with a rifle. So Jimmy pulls a rifle from behind the counter, yeah. points it at the troll, which is behind Ernest. Ernest reacts by putting his hands up and throwing the milk carton he's holding backwards. Ah, oh, the chocolate milk. The chocolate milk, which almost hits the troll. and The troll runs away, yeah. yeah. Poor Ernest. <laughs> yeah, it's a hell of a way to spend your convenience store trip. <laughs> he, he wanted a freaking hostess cupcake. I know. He wanted a gooey boy muffin cake. But then his troll alarm goes off. He gets back into his truck, and he's talking to Rimshot. We are 
the thin line of defense that lies between victory and certain death. And I guess you know the one I'm hoping for. Troll alert! Troll alert, Rimshot! We got him! He goes over to this troll trap. He starts kind of monologuing to the troll, like, well, I gotcha. Like, he kicks at it and everything. You can hear children's voices inside, so this is probably not going to end up well. To be completely fair, the troll has been impersonating children's voices the entire movie. I mean, he doesn't know that. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. However. He's not listening. Right. He's really pleased with himself. Yeah. Let's let him have this for five minutes. Yes. Which is about as long as it lasts. (laughs) He goes over to the sheriff's station, as does Kenny. Kenny goes over to his father, and he's like, hey, a troll just kidnapped my friend. Yeah. Like, I saw it with my eyes. And his father's just like, get to the Halloween party. Not like, hey, my son is too old to be making up stories about trolls. Or even like, all right, Kenny, trolls don't exist. Like, what's really going on? Like, what did you see? <laughs> Nothing. I'll let your mother deal with it. I don't Just have time for this. Just go find your mother. Yeah. The mayor is there saying, hey, my sons are missing. Right. I mean, at this point, there are about six missing children right, right. in the town of Briarville. That doesn't matter. The mayor comes in. He's like, hey, have you seen my boys? They're all gone. The boys that have been wearing troll costumes. Yes. So Ernest shows up to the sheriff's station, dumpster in tow. Yep. And he's like, hey, sheriff, I caught that troll that's been stealing all the children. And the sheriff is like, what? Like, like this is actually my, one of my favorite parts in the entire movie. Because Ernest is, starts to monologue. Yes, with the aid of the most advanced troll fighting equipment known to modern technology. Shut up, Oral. And he just stops talking. I love the, the look on Ernest's face is like no one has ever interrupted one of his monologues before. Yeah. Like when he does happen, he's genuinely shocked. It made me laugh really hard. But this is Ernest's low point in the movie. I, I have the exact same note. <laughs> yeah. So it turns out that oh, um, the troll trap contains the mayor's children in a sad and unfortunate coincidence. And the mayor... Luckily, f- the sheriff didn't say yes when Ernest was like, you want me to squash him flat? That's true. Yeah, the sheriff's actually pointing his gun at the dumpster, like, all right, open the door, and like, has this gun at the ready. Yeah, Sheriff, this sheriff Binder right, is, is like a, a gun-happy, like, he'll, <laughs> oh, yeah. he'll draw People his gun. in this town take their guns They're out They're really trigger-happy, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. But I mean, uh, the mayor essentially <laughs> fires Ernest on the spot. Yeah. But Sheriff Binder says to Ernest, you've been acting like a child about this troll thing. It's time to grow up. Foreshadowing. You know, we talk about like when Ernest is in a movie with children, he takes on more of like the paternal role. Yeah. But then when he's in a movie by himself, he becomes the child. Yeah. He's really sort of both in this movie, which is yeah. like a fascinating thing. You know, he's the one who screws up and who no one believes, but then he kind of saves the day at the end. Well, like the idea that someone should be either or, you're either adult or child. It's like an adult has been a child. Yeah. You don't you don't have to necessarily turn off everything about childhood when you become an adult. I mean, you can make the argument that you shouldn't. Right. Yeah. Th- that he's being asked to is unfair, that the kids are being asked to grow up When there's like significant danger, yeah. I think Ernest works best when he doesn't have to change because there's nothing really wrong with Ernest. And That's true. When you're the main character, I think it, there's too much pressure on him to change or do something, but when he's a little bit more of a support, it's easy to it's just easy to just let him be Ernest. Yeah, because you don't want Ernest to change, really. Right, that would ruin him. <laughs> I like it. Kenny says Ernest is the only one trying to do something. Yeah, it's I like, that too. like yes. Finally, someone says what everyone was thinking, what all the kids were thinking, anyway. But this is a really sad scene because, and this this is where I realize like the town really has gotten into Ernest's head because he sits down, he says, "So much for being a hero." Thanks, but it's no use. I'm a whorl. Cursed. 
bottom of the gene pool. No money down. Nothing to live for. I'm a whorl, bottom of the gene pool. And then he says, we're finished in this town. He's talking to Rimshot. Because he can't get any lower. Yeah. Like, he lost his job as the garbage man. Like, I don't think that Ernest has a problem being a garbage man. But I'm sure, like, the town sees it as the lowliest job they could give somebody in that town. Right. And then they took that away from him. So what does he have left? His dog. Yeah. It actually, like, broke my heart how thoroughly they convinced him that he was worthless. Yeah, not that's just, really well said. Especially because he's so, he's so like, vibrantly innovative and, like, brilliant in this movie. It's doubly sad. It's not just sad, but they made someone feel worthless. Like, someone kind of really interesting and special. That stupid legend of the troll has bogged him down in this town his entire life. And this is just, like, the lowest point of it. He thinks he's stupid because of the curse. Yeah. Insane. And even Kenny loses faith in him a little bit at this point where he's been like Ernest's like number one fan and staunchest supporter. He sees that like even his hashtag team Ernest support is not going to make the difference in the eyes of his dad or the mayor. He's kind of seeing Ernest's powerlessness. Yes. The impotence of being Ernest. Yes. This is a thing. It's a running thing. Yes. And you can't be worse off than getting fired from like what's perceived as the lowest position in your town career wise. What is he supposed to do? Like, like, yeah. It's the it's like worst. They might as well like kick him and just like spin on him and yeah, walk away. Just, yeah, just like they might as well tar and feather him, which <laughs> yeah, is like exactly. seems like they what they want to do. Yeah. Again, not to continue to go back to the this, parallels yeah, between eighteen hundreds and now. Having a scapegoat for all the terrible things that go on your town allows you to live a more normal life because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, 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 well, all the problems in my life, I could take responsibility for them. But really, it's the fault of this cursed guy from like yeah. eight generations ago, and that's who I'll. His kid still lives here. Um, he's terrible He's yeah a dumb person but rimshot gets him back on track that's true his doggy rimshot who we should say is not like pokey he does not ever talk but Ernest essentially says to Rimshot, like, you're right, Rimshot. And well, because like, Rimshot starts pulling on the bottom of his pants. Right. Like, he's like, Rimshot, hey. And then like his face changes. He's like, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I've never been a quitter. Why? Well, I've never known when to quit. Just ask my fourth grade teacher. And then it cuts away to one of my favorite jokes in this whole thing. Little baby Ernest. Yeah. It just cuts to like a very harried looking woman going, he never knew when to quit. And then Ernest does the nails on a chalkboard thing and she slaps him in the head. So and he's good. writing, I don't know when to quit or something like that on the chalk. He's writing it repeatedly, yeah, yeah. which yeah. is an amazing joke also. They're just trying to stifle a very creative child. Yep. And then there's an amazing scene. All right. Which one is this? Now? I know, actually. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. It's really not descriptive Ernest in any. Yeah. Emboldened by Rimshot's emotional support. Right. He goes back to the tree house to confront this troll. He doesn't see the troll. Right. But he does see all the pods that are growing out of the tree. Oh, right. Then he says, We better tell old lady Hackmore. He goes in, back into his car and, like, as he is opening his car door, like yes. the troll runs up into the frame and Ernest, without even seeing it, just like hits Nails it. him right in the face. <laughs> it's <laughs> incredible. It's an amazing shot. The troll rush runs up like, bum, 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 and it just falls. It just bonk. And like the troll's falls. appearance is like underscored with that kind of like horror movie vibe where it's like, oh crap, he's going to get hit by the thing. And then just door Nothing. in the face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like he's some sort of New York City biker. And then Ernest just gets in his car and then in Ernest the gets, yeah. gets in his pickup truck and starts driving away. So this scene has some amazing things. Oh, yeah. The troll, Trantor, jumps on the roof of the truck and has like a giant knife and is just like stabbing it into the roof. Did he have that knife? I have no clue. I don't know where this comes from, but it's it's, again another like horror movie thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knife through the roof. And Ernest is like, Rimshot, do something. (laughs) 
God. Which is amazing. Well, Ernest is driving. Yeah. So Ernest is like, he's like, okay, what can I do? Pick up the CB radio. Uh, Mayday, Mayday, Christmas Day, Columbus Day, which yeah. is also an amazing joke. Yeah. Um, and then when we say the troll, we mean Trantor. Trantor. It's just easier to say the troll. Trantor until, the troll. Until later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But so Trantor jumps through the side of the truck somehow. He comes into like the driver's seat window. Right. And uh, Ernest like vaults himself away yeah. from the driver's side. And he's like trying to kick him. He's trying to kick him out. While the car is still going. And then Trantor says, And Ernest says, I don't have forefathers. I only have one. And I didn't didn't know know him him that that well. (laughs) Man. Yeah. I mean, this ties into like the generations of the worlds just falling further and further down the social ladder. Oh, yeah. Right? This family's just like hitting rock bottom. Yeah. And I guess Ernest's father just bailed. <laughs> just but on top of that, it ties into like all of the theorizing we've done about yeah. Ernest's parentage and how his dad is like this weird absentee, like yeah. ghost. He is an absentee. Yeah. It says so much about Ernest in that like, one little moment. You're like, yeah. of course, Ernest, of course. Yeah. Oh, Ernest. And this is where I know we've talked about how you watch the Ernest films. It's more like spending time with Ernest. Mm. I have a thing where when I watch any movie, I'm either so enraptured in the story that I'm not even thinking about things or I'm sitting there like trying to figure out the story like it's a puzzle. Okay. So at this point in the story, I'm like, wait, Ernest and this troll are fighting and they're like kind of getting on the car. Who's driving the truck at this point? (laughs) Rimshot? And then like some sort of like delightful fairy of awesomeness the movie just delivers me a shot of rimshot driving the truck yes yeah and i'm like oh okay that's amazing oh as long as you told me dog is driving and i'm fine with it yes exactly i just want to be told i can accept this thank you yes and then uh, i mean this is amazing because ernest picks up like these nunchucks or something he picks up pruning shears Ah. and trantor slices the pruning shears off like the blades off and Ernest is like uh now they're nunchucks and he's like trying to fight this is where i was impressed by jim barney's like coordination because he's like doing the nunchuck move oh yeah he's real good and then he like hits himself Ah, in the face fellow chucker huh this is again it takes coordination to purposefully hit yourself in the face with a nunchuck. Correct. It's not as easy as it looks. Correct. He's like doing all these nunchuck moves and then he hits himself in the face. It's really good. Even with nunchucks, he's 90% of the way there. He's really... So Ernest is being somewhat successful in fighting off the troll. I mean, it's a very strong troll. Yeah. It seems to be super strong. And at some point, the truck like picks up speed and again... Rimshot driving. Again, I asked the question like, wait, how did Rimshot reach the gas pedals? And once again... The movie delivers by showing me a shot of Rimshot jumping down off the steering wheel, pressing the gas pedals with his face. Yeah. And I was like, all right. Thank you. That is a satisfactory answer. Answering all of David's questions. Disbelief suspended once (laughs) more. Please continue entertaining me. The amazing thing that happens is like Ernest manages to kick the troll out of the pickup truck. Yes. It rolls into the street. But then there's still a rope attached to the truck, which the troll did picks up this rope and starts pulling yeah. the truck back to himself. That's when Rimshot steps on the gas pedal. So, yeah. yeah. And then Ernest is like, Rimshot, put it in reverse. We'll, yes. We'll just run over this thing. And it's amazing. Rimshot puts the truck in reverse. It speeds towards this troll who's like, oh, the rope has suddenly gotten really slack. Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> and Ernest, by the way, makes a face that I just realized looks exactly like the troll face meme. That's what someone was saying on... Uh, it looks exactly it was in, like... It was in the IMDb trivia. Is Ernest the originator of the troll face meme? I think meme? that's the theory, yeah. Oh, dear. Because huh. he's actually literally about to hit a troll. Yeah. How about a bumper sandwich, booger lips? <laughs> I have to say, 
the truck hitting Trantor is incredibly satisfying. It's so good. <laughs> it's bunk. It just runs over <laughs> this person. He drops like a sack of moldy oranges. Yes, it's a satisfying shot of a person being run over by a truck. The connection of that troll's <laughs> face with the rear bumper... <laughs> was what made a connection with me as an audience member. But then Ernest actually... So, so Ernest kind of gets away and he the troll sort of puts him into like that gas can that's in the back of his truck and he yes. rolls away and ends up back at Old Lady Hackmore's place. I guess he rolls himself to Old Lady Hackmore's and she has a giant can opener. Yes! Like, what? <laughs> what is going on? She decided that she, while she was sculpting, she needed to create a giant can opener. Maybe it's a work of art. Again. Maybe it's a tool for her giant sculpture. That's, oh. I'd buy that. Sure. She has so many like empty oil drums that like once you open one or two oil drums (laughs) with a blade or a knife, it's like, all right, I got to get a giant oversized can opener. Obviously. And she's using this to pry Ernest out. And meanwhile, Ernest is reading the book that says like how to kill the troll. Right. And he realizes that there are two pages that are stuck together. It happens to me at karaoke all the time. And he opens it up and he reads this little thing. It's how to destroy the troll. Thou can destroy the troll with... This is very accurate old English. M-I something K. Yes. And he's like, Midic? And meanwhile, old lady Hackmore is thinking about how... They are having simultaneous monologues. Yeah, about completely different things. Yes. We can destroy a troll with M-I... The pods have not yet dropped. Midic? Authentic Bulgarian Miak. This is the best. Authentic Bulgarian Miak. Incredible. His knowledge of the worlds is vast. Like we've got the Botswanians. Yeah. We've got authentic Bulgarian Miak. The the rare Malaysian Honeywani. Oh yeah. Like it's always like some like far off country that Ernest yeah. is alluding to. And yeah. it, it seems very much like he has no clue what he's talking about, but he says it with honesty and integrity. Yeah. And you're like, but ah, authentic all right. Bulgarian Miak is a thing because he finds That's some. That's what I had wondered. It's a thing within the world, world of this movie. movie. It's not a real thing in our world. Oh, okay. But yes. in Ernest's okay. world, is apparently a thing. That makes the joke like a thousand times better. Because <laughs> not only is it like, oh, Ernest, you have to think of the most roundabout thing. But you- that's the thing. It's again, like, Ernest is stupid. Like, no, Ernest is overthinking this. Correct. He's thinking too much. Yeah. But authentic Bulgarian Miak is like so absurdly memorable. Like, <laughs> I was saying that I grew up with this movie and my brother Chris and I would always like, that was the one reference we would always make. Talking about milk specifically. Like if we were having breakfast, he'd be like, hey, can you get me out the uh, the authentic Bulgarian Miak? Gosh, knows what it is. But yeah, so this is the, the solution that Ernest comes up with. Yeah, and then we go to the the town's Halloween gala. Yes. Where the entire town is in attendance. The Correct. one game in town on Halloween. Doesn't look like a very crowded party. It's at the school, and yeah. there, there's a costume party for all the kids. Correct. They're all in line waiting to see who won best costume. The only grade in this entire town is fourth grade, and it's uh, Mrs. Johnson's fourth grade class. That's right. So Ernest and old lady Hackmore and Rimshot, they drive up in to the, the pickup school. truck. Yep. And old lady Hackmore is still kind of down on Ernest. She's like, why him? I'm like, yeah, oh, all the lady, come world. on. No one else would even try. No one, so why do I have to hang out with this eccentric who's constantly designing weird contraptions and monologuing? <laughs> yeah, I have nothing in common with him. <laughs> Hashtag Team Ernest. <laughs> now, Ernest runs in, gung-ho. He's, He's like, doing that high-step run. I love the high-step run. It's really it's good. It's so good. Oh, I got to say, Ernest's walk. Jim Barney has dialed up Ernest's cartoon walk to 11 in this movie. He just like does that ridiculous Jar Jar being strut everywhere. <laughs> My note on this is 
Ernest still killing it in the silhouette department. Yeah, he's mm. amazing. So he runs into the school. And meanwhile, Old Lady Hackmore lingers in the truck for a little bit, which is where she witnesses an example of unconditional love between a mother and child who are having an argument about their costumes. Which are an absurd, <laughs> a bear with a human face coming out of the forehead. Yeah. And then a mom who is a pizza She's a hostess. pizza slash pizza worker. It's yes. kind of both. Because there's pizzas on her head and you're like, oh, she's dressed as a person that got pizza on their head. But then she's got pepperoni painted on her face, meaning she's an actual pizza. It's, yeah. <laughs> also, listeners, I swear I recognize this pizza woman actress from somewhere. If you oh. can tell me who she is and what she's from, I would be very appreciative because it was killing me. They're having an argument and the kid's like, I don't like you. And the mother's like, well, I'm not fond of you either. Just kind of messed up to say your kid. I kind of liked it. And then the kid turns around and goes, mommy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Hold on. Did we miss? I got whiplash from that yeah, motion change. <laughs> Did we miss a few lines? Well, I, you missed one line, which is, Mommy, I'm sorry. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and her mother's like, oh, I love you too. Yeah. They hug. And only Heckmore's just like, unconditional love. That's the heart of a child. But first of all, children yeah. aren't really known for their unconditional love past a certain age. Sure. Three-year-olds, sure. The 11-year-old here dressed as a bear, probably not. Yeah. But sure. Meanwhile, inside the school, Ernest is running through the hall yelling, Save the kids! Trolls! He runs into the store that you're supposed to pull instead of push. Yes. There's even like a vampire on it, like holding its hand out, like, don't push this door. He runs straight into that door. Yes. And then somebody he opens, does, the, door opens in his face. the door and hits him really hard. He looks like really disoriented. Con- concussion level. Yeah, he's face got, hit. he's concussed. Yeah. And then he runs into the <laughs> and then he runs into the gymnasium. He can't speak properly anymore. <laughs> it's so sad because you hear as soon as he enters the room, yeah. you hear all the groans of, oh, it's Ernest. Yeah. It is really, really clearly defined Ernest's relationship to this town. Like oh, yeah. They have no respect for him whatsoever. And all the kids are lined up to have the winner of the costume contest announced. And that's when the troll shows up. Yeah. Everyone witnesses the troll turning one of the Murdoch boys into a wooden doll. Yeah. It's a traumatic event at the Halloween gala. It's great because the entire town is like, oh, there is a troll. Yep. The entire town scatters. I just love that Ernest is immediately validated. That's like, ah, oh, great. Well, he's the it's only like, one who doesn't mm, run off. Yes, of course. Yeah. Freak, yeah. Of course. And he basically calls out the troll in like he's a like, very- I'm calling you out. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it felt very like he was cutting a wrestling promo. It was like, all right, <laughs> next Sunday, troll, you and me. Yeah, it was like that. Aloha, sayonara, El Rancho Grande. You're history, pal. You're Elvis. And then... Oh, and then the best thing ever? And then he... Oh, wait. Oh, I know what you're talking about. And then... And then then he he rolls up his his sleeves. And then he... And it's the best arm scene. Best arm scene! For those of you keeping score at home, this is the scene that I knew Aaron would call the best arm scene when we brought this up a few episodes back. So Aaron likes Jim Varney's arms. I, I don't really know if you like, picked up on this. I, really I like haven't. Jim, I, I really oh, like Jim yes. Varney's arms. Yeah. Uh, it's even better because he's like, look what I got. 
authentic Bulgarian Miak. This joke is great. Which is the payoff, because we actually were like, Ernest, that's not a real thing. Yeah, like, oh, Ernest, you're you're so crazy. Yeah. I bet you thought I couldn't find any this time of year. Well, I'm a little too resourceful for you. A little too light on my feet. And he's doing like really good, like juggling work, like taunting him. And his arms, like his biceps, are like time for the gun show. <laughs> yep. And I was just like, best time, best time, see, best time, <laughs> you're, you're see. literally drooling right now. Uh, so, After yeah. he juggles this from hand to hand, he tells the troll, "Eat Miak and die." And and <laughs> the angry video game nerd, when he does Cinemasker's movie Madness, he's done Ernest scared stupid, mm-hmm. and he makes a really good point about this scene, which is that to Ernest's credit. We never know whether or not the Miak would have worked because he never gets a chance to try it. He like puts his arm out to like throw it at the troll and the troll immediately breathes like forced oh, breath right. at yeah, him yeah. and he like, gets he knocked back down. into the concession well, stand. If it, we don't know if it was Derry Bass you're saying. Yeah. It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> if any of our Bulgarian listeners uh, have an answer about um, the dairy content of Miak, that'll be a... Yeah, he's blown back by the troll's stank breath all the way under this, like, ice cream stand. Yeah. Like, he goes through this wooden stand, like, yeah. under the ice cream machine, which falls on him. Yep. And, like, starts pumping ice cream into his throat. And it's, like, a little disturbing. And then the troll approaches him, but because he is covered in ice cream, the troll's like, eww, and, like, yeah. runs away. And Ernest is like, huh? And this is why this movie made me cry. Okay. Not this particular scene, but this kind of thing where now you start the part of the movie where Ernest, for the first time in his life, in this backwards dump town, starts to be validated and people start expressing concern over him and his safety. Oh, yeah, because everyone checks in on him after everyone approaches the stand. Ernest is like slowly like pulling himself out from under this thing. And a woman goes, Ernest, are you okay? And he looks at her like he has never heard that question before. And it takes him a second to, like, register the question. It's really well done. Like, when I saw his face, I was like, oh, Ernest. Like Quasimodo coming out from the darkness of the bell tower. Yeah. Only to be blinded by the light. For the first time, he's like, people are, like, checking in with me. Oh, my God. And he's like. Yeah, yeah, he's like really excited. He just starts showing off until it's so short lived. I know it's so short lived. His happiness, he gets a glimpse of it. So Kenny walks in, pushes his way through the crowd, <sighs> and he's carrying the woodified remains of Ernest's dog Rimshot. Rimshot got wooded. Yeah. So sad, so upsetting. Yeah, Aaron is legit having an emotional moment right now. <laughs> Ernest is just like, not Rimshot, he's all I've got. It's even sadder the fact that Ernest is like covered in ice cream and like yeah. looks like damp and like <laughs> and disheveled. He's holding the like the wood remains of his dog and stroking it with his giant hands and looking very sad. And this is where he gets kind of like intense. He says someone he gets, with a runny nose is gonna die. Like he he's like, This is it, now I'm gonna angry. kill it. Yeah, my great-great-granddaddy put him in a hole, and so can I. I mean, this is where he's now, like, guns blazing. Like, he takes his wooden dog, he, like, runs into his pickup truck, and he drives off. And the entire town is now... The climax of this movie is so interesting, because the town has been against him the whole time, and now the town is completely behind, like, yeah, let's go with Ernest! Well, they've got, like, the bloodlust now. Like, yeah. They're essentially, like... They're a mob. The, yeah, they're the angry, <laughs> the angry mob, yeah. like, of villagers, like, going after yeah. the monster up in the weird part of the forest. Yeah, and, like, Ernest is their leader, basically. Yeah. And by the way, the sheriff shows up after everything yeah. has happened. The most ineffective sheriff. Sheriff Cliff, you're not doing great. And the, the entire town is like, there's a troll. There's a troll. We saw a troll. He's like, wait, what? And one of the parents who's dressed as a chicken and I think is Reuben from is. Ernest Goes Ruben. to Jail. Yeah. He's like, Ernest said it was at the tree at the old Hackmore place. And they're all like, let's go. And they all run out. And the sheriff is like, 
what, 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 what? <laughs> like, he's just so ineffectual. So the only thing the sheriff can do is tell his kid to go home. Kenny, go home. Yeah. And then as soon as he leaves, old lady Hackmore goes up to Kenny and is like, go do what's right. Yeah, she's like, where are you going? And he's like, well, my dad said go home. And then she's like, Psst. well, this is this is this is really funny and interesting because she's like, sometimes you got to do what you know is right, no matter what anybody else tells you. And then she immediately steal steals a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. it's a great subtle joke. Yeah. So she's riding a bike towards the tree. The villagers are just like angry mob en route with their torches. And, and Ernest is driving the pickup truck. He gets there first. Yeah. And he's like, it's time for Troll Squish Kebab. The troll now has, has five, five children. children's souls. Yes. Yeah. He actually says, one more soul. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. And then Ernest shows up in his truck. And this is one of my favorite moments. Oh, yeah. He sees the troll standing against the tree. He's pissed. Yeah. He rams his foot on the gas. He does but like, first, he picks his foot all the way up. He lifts his leg. Yeah, it's all pretty, the way. It's an insane amount of anticipation. And then slams it down in like an impossible way. Like, yeah. absurd. He rams the troll. But then he gets out of the truck and it's just gone. I guess the troll is just cannot be killed by cars. Potentially. But one thing that does happen is that, I don't know if it's from the force of the truck hitting, but the I think it's just that they're ready to drop. Start dropping. Because yeah. the five souls are in there. Yeah. And this is, Ernest, I really feel for him in the scene because like, he's still talking to Rimshot. Yeah, yeah he's still like, talking oh, to Rimshot. This, this dude has That's nothing left. We can't let these hit the ground, Rimshot. And he really tries to catch the sprouts. Like, he gives it the old college He's like try. that guy who yeah. can't hold all of the limes. Which is bad, apparently, because if they hit the ground, they will turn into trolls. Yeah. Meanwhile, Kenny and, like, and these other kids, like, including one of the Murdoch boys, who they've now teamed up for the greater good. Yeah. Which is kind of a nice message. Oh, yeah. Like his movie. And they rush to the grocery store, and they get tons of purity milk. They yep. steal it, while Jimmy the clerk <laughs> is like, stop that! They did not get the yellow container, though, that keeps light out and taste in. Jimmy. Jimmy's had a hell of a day. Yeah, Jimmy's, Jimmy's had a rough day. Too long. Yeah. There's actually a scene earlier Surprised where like, he didn't the... pull a rifle on one of the children. I forgot there's actually a scene earlier where all the parents are in the sheriff's office. Like, all the parents with the thing kids are like, my kid's missing. Yeah. Like, there's a ton of parents in the sheriff's office. And he's just like, oh, they're probably at the party. Oh, and they're probably at the party. What, what is a missing child? I'm a terrible sheriff. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Jimmy is in that scene just kind of pantomiming like, there's a troll. There's a troll. And then yeah. like, nobody's listening to him. Yeah. Jimmy's had a rough night. But Ernest is having a rougher night. Sure. Like the pods drop, they hit the ground, and they sprout, and they turn into... They're basically the garbage pail kids. I wrote garbage pail kid trolls. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they look like the garbage pail kids. It's that same sort of 80s animatronic. It's like a grotesque. Creepy, like, gross yeah. vibe, yeah. They're all gross and dripping. They're gross and dripping, and they're ugly. They're yeah. really ugly. I, I love it. I, yeah, I was going to say, I really love so those good. designs. There's like one that's kind of like a weird like rock Frankenstein. There's one that's like a. There's one that I said looked like Bobby Brown or something. I think that's the one I'm talking about. I think that's, <laughs> that's the one I'm talking about. For Bobby Brown. I mean, it doesn't look like Bobby Brown's face, but it's dressed like Bobby Brown. Hashtag sorry, like, Bobby Brown. In like the 80s, like sure. pop funk. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really. There's one that's kind of like an old hag. There's one that has boobs. Like yeah, that, a, I think that's the one I'm talking Lord. about. Yeah. Which later, one of the Tulip brothers is like, the one that talks, Tom, is like, stop him. He's eating the camera. I'm like, that's clearly, that's a, woman. clearly a woman. Like, I what know. Are you <laughs> talking about so it, Tom. And it's great because they're sprouting all up and Ernest looks at it and goes, this is getting out of hand. <laughs> and you're like, 
Yes, Ernest. <laughs> Understatement I, I of the century. Is. So the parents of the town start showing up. This is actually another one of my favorite parts that Ernest picks up this bat. That's oh, his, this like, is amazing. He doesn't stop. That's the thing. Like when the, the pod's falling, he's like, oh, well, I'll catch them. That doesn't work. He's like, uh, okay. And so then they start sprouting. So he's like, well, I'll put a lid on this. He grabs a garbage can lid yes. and he like sits on one of them to try to keep it from sprouting. That doesn't work. So he's like, okay, I'll just hit these things with my bat. Yeah. And he does this amazing move. It's like Jim Vardy just does this like, he might as well be doing ballet. Like he does this little <laughs> Very jump. graceful. It's very graceful. That's what yeah. it is. He does this little hop and he takes a swing at this troll and nothing happens to it. And he and he does this really cartoony take like, well, nothing happened to it. It's just this fluid motion of beauty that I can't convey because this is an audio podcast. Yeah. So let's move on. I just wrote, Ernest beating trolls in the face with a baseball bat is very satisfying. Yeah, it really yeah, is. Yeah. He's just a hero. And you know, that goes all the way back to camp again, where it's like, Ernest is going to like just try everything. He's, he okay. doesn't stop. Yeah, it's like, I'm just going to try everything until I have to sacrifice my physical body to uh, stop yeah. the... I just wrote, Jim Barney is amazing and bold in all cabs. And I wrote, Ernest is great in this movie. <laughs> wow, guys. On point. <laughs> The baseball bat thing is satisfying. And I think it's because Jim Vardy is like ridiculous physical actor. He's like oh, yeah. a rubber band man. Yep. And he's all over the place. And it's amazing to watch. We're all animators. Yeah. So it's, it's like extra satisfying. I mean, he's got like the craft down, like yeah. down pat. Yeah. And then the entire town arrives. Correct. First, sheriff Binder, the most ineffective sheriff in history. He's up there. As yeah. soon as he gets out of the ca- Like, it's amazing. Like, the, the town arrives, they start rushing the trolls. And Sheriff Binder gets out of his car. And, like, the second he gets out of his car, he's rushed by two trolls, and they just take his gun, like, nope. Yeah. Like, immediately, gone. he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the parents of the town are just getting Oh, they're ambushed. getting pummeled. Yeah. It's a really sad battle. Uh, there's a couple things that really stuck with me. One is the mayor getting, like, tackled. He's, like, crawling away and being like, don't you have any respect for authority? <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, no, mayor. Yeah. There's another thing where there's, like, a shot, which I'll call, like, the gremlins shot. Mm-hmm. where there's a shot in Gremlins where the two main characters show up at a, a certain part of the street and there's just like bedlam occurring like every single gag you can think of is happening and yeah, it just this like is pans crazy, across it yeah. and there's a shot like that in this scene where a parent is getting dragged like by his legs yeah, by yeah, a troll yeah. like other people are like jumping in and out of trees and chasing trolls and it's just like it's really well blocked yeah no this is really great shots with just like pandemonium it's like yes. these parents are fighting trolls there's one guy in a bumblebee costume with a troll on his back it's just like there's a troll me that's ah, yeah. a troll oh, on great. me yes. i love that guy the guy with the mustache this is He's like there's a troll on my back the trolls in this movie feel very much like in the same sort of sensibility as gremlins and critters <laughs> and ghoulies and munchies <laughs> and all that sort of like nonsense creatures it's in the sneaking around the town. You know? yeah exactly uh, where did they come up with this stuff it was big at the time and and Ernest, seeing all this stuff going on he's very aware of what's happening because he goes oh no oh this is great they're gonna blame this all on me <laughs> i told you he stops taking the blame that arc that he's gone through that whole movie, and then he gets to that point and he's just like this town is the worst and <laughs> yes you're, you're absolutely right and to, to your point aaron i think i don't know that it's necessarily like a change in earnest right but i think it's more because of this town and the way they've treated him and the way that his lineage has like yeah. been this monkey on his back for like yeah. his entire <laughs> life essentially he's like 
oh, <laughs> damn it. Like, it's not like he's absolving himself of responsibility, but like he realizes like, oh, okay, oh, yeah. this is I'm always going to be the be, scapegoat for this. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He's also on the tree for it, right? And he's like looking down at it yeah. all yeah. and like seeing everything go to. Yeah. It's almost <laughs> right after that pandemonium shot where he's yeah. just like, he's like, oh, Son of a diddly. And he tries, he tries to get like, I mean, he throws a bowling ball. He does, which hits the bumblebee man in the head. <laughs> yeah. And I just wrote, that man now has a concussion. <laughs> Uh, oh, that poor bumblebee man. And then Ernest does like a theater gag, which is also kind of gremlinsy. Someone hands him an award or he gives himself an award. Oh, that's he's the like, bowling after he hits yeah. the guy with the head. Like, I'd like to thank you each and every one for this beautiful bowling trophy. Thank you, 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 thank you. And I was like, oh, this is adorable. I want to see this theatrically. Oh, um, these two trolls, like the ones that took Sheriff Binder's gun, like one of the trolls. The best. Okay, you say what happens. So when he loses that gun, you're like, oh, where's the gun going to go? The gun gets fed one troll to another, and then the troll's head becomes the gun. And while they don't shoot anyone, it's still terrifying. The troll's just like, one troll has a bat. And he's just it's like, like a paddle, yeah. Yeah, and he's like smashing against it, and the other troll is getting hit, and the, he's just firing bullets from his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like terrorizing him. To go back to UHF. There's a scene in UHF where Weird Al eats bullets in like a fantasy sequence and then starts spitting them out at people. At this point, the kids show up with all the milk products. Correct. They're super soakers. And they've got super... That's such a great And you can tell Kenny is the leader. Yeah. Because he has the Super Soaker 50. That's <laughs> true. Just saying. And Sheriff Binder's like, Kenny, no. He's like, don't worry, Dad. Everyone in this movie is more effective than you. <laughs> now, this is dark because he shoots the troll with milk and the troll dissolves. Yeah. And we get the shot of like this like blood and like bones sticking out of yeah, this pile of it goo. Is foul. You're like, yeah. whoa. Yeah. This just got real. <laughs> Granted, the trolls were going to like feast on the humans no, of the town. No, I know. It's but, just yeah. really dark oh, imagery yeah. for a children's movie. Yeah, You're like, oh, yoinks. And then, like, to make it even darker, Trantor yes. the Troll stands up and proclaims, Bring me the head of Ernest P. Worrell. And you're like, oh, God. Come again? Then these two trolls are chasing Ernest around in the tree fort. Correct. And the trolls are trying to cut off Ernest's head. And there's a great bit where Ernest tries to protect himself with a big mouth bass, yeah, like one yeah. of those mounted things. And it's not just that he's, like, using it to block uh, the troll's axe. But no, he, he tries to sell it to them. He literally goes into pitchman <laughs> mode. And I was yeah, like, this is a, amazing. Ernest is like, a very the Pemco largemouth bass and home entertainment system. And I was just like, Ernest is using his passion and penchant for pitching products to distract the trolls. This is incredible. Yeah, he's incredible. I think he, he realizes brute strength won't work. He's oh, trying to outsmart them. Yes, because he's literally like, too fast for you, huh? Too, too smart, smart for, for you, you too. too. Nailed Damn, it. Damn, high five. <laughs> but then the trolls catch him. Yes. And, and they have his head under a saw. No, no, they have it on a chopping block. They have, oh God. That would, the darkest ending ever if Ernest's head was just decapitated. <laughs> oh my God. And Kenny arrives to see this, by the way. And, it's and, again, just the sleepaway camp ending. And Ernest is saying, this is just the kind of Halloween prank that gets people hurt. Yes. Ernest's understatements. Yes. Are pretty great. But then Kenny shows up and saves him by squirting them with milk. And Kenny's like, it's the milk. It eradicates them. And Ernest is like, yeah, it gets rid of them too. Yeah. Part of me thought that that was weird that Ernest, for all his interest in synonyms, he still makes that joke. But then it's like, it is a synonym. Yeah. So it's odd. But it does, I think, also feed into that. If you're not paying attention to the movie, you would be like, oh, he's dumb. He doesn't know that that word means that word. Yeah, but that's he clearly the mark that. of a stupid person. Yeah. Well, so now Ernest and Kenny team up. Yes. Right. So now they're eradicating trolls with milk, and Ernest is using contraptions. His amazing weapons on the yeah. sport. 
Oh, yeah. He's using it to shoot milk at the trolls, but he can't do it as just Ernest. No. And this is a big scene. I don't... So there's there's a bunch <laughs> of great stuff happening. There, yeah. First of all, Kenny is fully aware at this point of Ernest's multiple personality thing because he says literally, oh, great, now I have to defend the fort with a multiple personality. It started off by Ace War, right? Yes, Ace. it starts with Ace War. He, he, he's in his pilot outfit, which I don't think Kenny can see, but Kenny knows that Ernest is doing a bit. Right. He comes over and he goes, did you hear something? Boy, I sure did. Yep. And I stood up and I went, yeah! <laughs> so there's all these callback jokes that we keep finding in the Ernest films, and it's become like this very satisfying repetition of like, they did the thing! Sure, sure. That's right. You, did do- you hear something Boy I Sure Did is a thing that's come up twice now? Yeah. From Ace Worrell in Family Album, and Lonnie Don says it in every episode of Hey Bro, It's Ernest. Correct. And then also we get the, where's my machine gun? Yes. Where's my little machine gun? It's like these bits from Family Album. I mean, yeah. And Buddy Jeanette is there, actually. This is the, We didn't mention her, but this is like the first time Bunny Jeanette shows up oh, yeah. in an Ernest thing. That hairdresser It's like a hairdresser character. character. She's got like this red wig. Hairspray will fix anything. She's like a woman, but she's younger than Auntie Nelda, who is right. also there. Oh my gosh, Auntie Nelda. Can I just say... Auntie Nelda is my my favorite. Like, yeah. I cannot overstate I this. I know you love Auntie Nelda. But of course she's there guilting the trolls. Yeah. Like she's she's pouring milk on them and going, I hope you're grateful. Little trolls in China don't even get milk. Yeah. It's not enough that she's just like defeating the enemy forces. She also has to make them feel bad about themselves. It's actually a callback to Wait, something call- you haven't seen yet. Oh, interesting. I don't know what that face was you just made, but I'm intrigued. Ah! That face made a sound. The Botswanian lumberjack is also there pouring milk, milk on the yeah. and milk must have went bad. And then there's a British guy. That's like a who's, who's the British guy? We were looking for a good scrap when we found this one. I'm not sure. Is he British or like he's Australian? British. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell actually. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like some kind of British hunter. I don't know. But no listeners, idea. if you can tell us who that <laughs> character is, we know it's not Walter Brennan. Yeah, he says we have to use the dropper. Yeah. Which is like a little helicopter that's got milk the, on the it. The doomsday dropper, which is essentially <laughs> the Luke of this scene. Everyone talks about it in a way where it's like, oh, we're going to use that? Oh my gosh. Really? Oh that's, no, that's, not that's, the that's, dropper. That's too far. Yeah. But it's nothing. It's just a couple of yeah. mailboxes on a, a helicopter that drop milk. And of course, who's going to get to use the dropper but Auntie Nelda? Well, I guess it's up to me. A woman's work is never done. <laughs> a whole troll army wiped out and they leave the last two for me. <laughs> she is great. These characters are so defined in Ernest's head. I know. Like, it's still Ernest. He's just doing this. I would love... Why? I would love... You know how you can do, like, different angles on, like, DVD? I would love it if there was an alternate angle selection where you just see Ernest... Ernest in his acting out. Yeah, just Ernest in the <laughs> Ernest outfit. Just, like, <laughs> jumping from place to place, like, over here, I'm Auntie Nelda. Over here, I'm a <laughs> British guy. Oh, it would be so great. But basically, that means that all the baby trolls are defeated. The garbage pail kid trolls Correct. are now eradicated. But then, in this children's movie, Trantor the troll sees all the trolls are defeated, goes into the tree, and calls on the demons of hell. Yes. I wrote that line, and then I wrote kids' movie. <laughs> Yeah, it just it proceeds to get darker and darker. Dear Lord. And then his transformation is just... Uh... Its nails grow longer, yeah, and right? He, he and it like, grows like tusks his or weird, something? Yeah, he gets like tusks, and then like his <laughs> head accoutrements thing. get longer yeah, or whatever. His... Weird head tentacles. Like the ear tentacle things bothered me because there's like an effect in the thing 
where the creature like opens up some guy's stomach and like oh, yeah. there's all these like moving string pieces oh, and they're man. just like flailing and that freaks me the hell out. Oh, it's gross. And so like his ear things are growing out, but as they're growing out, the Kyoto brothers decided that they needed to like flail frantically. <laughs> yeah. So they're coming out slowly and then they start to like animate and just like go all over the place and it's just it's gross and it bothers me so much. Oh yeah. Yeah, the demons of hell made the troll even grosser. You hired the Kyoto brothers for this children's movie. Yeah. 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 What did you expect? <laughs> yeah. So the troll Trantor the troll becomes Super Trantor. Yes. He's a super troll. Just like Super Shredder. And basically murders Kenny. I mean, again, well, he doesn't murder Kenny, but he might as well have, because that's how emotionally traumatic it feels in the movie. It's the way he does it. Yeah. It seems like Ernest and Kenny have won the day. They're celebrating and everyone's cheering them. And then this troll just shows up like Rawr! Yeah. He's got like a 4K behind him. Ernest falls off off the treehouse and Kenny's still up there and Kenny tries to throw milk at him and then the troll says what has to be like the least threatening line in any movie I've grown too strong for that <laughs> not even milk can stop me now <laughs> <laughs> Oh. So Kenny gets woodified. It's, it's also just, it's the way it happens. You see his mother is watching. His mother screams this yeah. blood curdling scream. Yep. And you just see this little wooden Kenny in the position that he was in, which is like he was on the ground and his hand was reached out like defensively. And the little doll falls all the way down to the treehouse in slow motion. Yeah. Hits the ground. Ernest is like, Kenny, and then the troll jumps off of the treehouse. Such a jerk. And lands right on the doll. It's like adding insult to injury. It's like, yeah. guess what? I just turned your son to wood. Now I'm going to jump on his face. <laughs> what are you going to do? Come at me, bro. I thought it was going to snap in half. Oh, yeah. Like, that's what it feels like. Well, again, You're like, oh, God. Yeah, that, that would have been a problem. I made the reference or the allusion earlier to Carbonite. One of the nice things about all of the wooden doll props is that uh, if you look at like behind the scenes of Empire Strikes Back, they told Harrison Ford to pose in the way where like it's the moment you realize it's happening when yeah, he's like oh posing Lord. for the Carbonite. That's and right. That's what all the dolls, all the dolls feels like. like. It's like the moment of realization of like, I can't stop it. <laughs> that's uh, right. Yeah, they all yeah. look like that. Kenny Amiibo. And this thing kind of triggers what I wrote in my notes as Ernest's ascendance into adulthood. And this is maybe something we can get into talking about. I mean, so, Ernest is an adult. Right. Explain what you mean. Maybe I don't well, disagree. this is when he calls the troll out. Like, the troll is like, come at me, bro. And Ernest is like, all right, you've done pretty good against kids and dogs. This is, I love this moment. Because actually, like, he, Ernest is scared. The troll is advancing on him. Yeah. And he's frightened. He's And I, and he's doing the thing where he's stalling. Like, he's, he's talking a lot. He says, you've had an awful cold ever since we met. Yeah. Like, is it starving a cold or feeding <laughs> yeah. a fever? And then, yeah. and then the troll, like, roars at him and it scares him. But then he sees some milk. Yeah. So he gets his guts back. He picks up the milk. He stands up. And I love this moment because I think it's like the only time I've ever seen him really angry. Yeah. He gets up. He calls the troll double ugly, which is great because it has two noses. Yeah. Come on, double ugly. You do pretty well against little kids and dogs. Let's see how you deal with a real man. Come on. Come on! Is that the first time in the movie where he's sort of... Because I feel like one of the reasons the kids like him is because he talks to them like people. Oh, yeah. Everyone yeah. else in this movie clearly is like, you're a kid, and they treat Ernest like a kid, and Ernest will yep. treat the kids like people. But this is like the first time he's like, well, I have to be the adult now because yeah. all these other guys don't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah, he takes up the mantle. It's like, okay, I have to be the adult. Not just for the kids, the entire town. That's kind of what I meant by his mm. ascendance into adulthood. And it goes further well, than that in a way that I will explain in a second. It's I just wrote down 
the importance of being earnest. Yeah. That's, this is it. <laughs> this is where we use that because it's his ascendance into more like his rightful place. He shouldn't be the village idiot. He's yes. A, a genius. B, is like the biggest hearted person in the town. Yeah. Like, he he should not be at the bottom rung. He doesn't deserve to be there, and he's better than that. It's sort of like camp, but it's even more so in this movie because the movie is all about Ernest's low standing and his complete impotence in the town. Right. His struggle is to be recognized as the amazing moral that he is. Yeah. And this is, he's finally, like, picking it up. He's, like, finally empowered enough that he actually calls himself a real man. Well, you know what it feels like to me? It feels like The Matrix. Yeah, like, he's like, I'm Neo. He's beginning to believe. Oh, yeah, 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 yes, yeah. yes. Honestly, like the fact that he got so angry, I also felt like it was the height of his frustration. Yeah. Like, cause he's so, his entire life in this town, it's mm-hmm. like he's been the scapegoat, the lowest one. And he's so frustrated by that. He never expresses that frustration, but now it seems like it's all coming out. Like in this one scene. He's got scene. nothing left to lose. Yeah. He directs it all at this troll. And like, he looks actually menacing. Yeah. No, I mean, maybe adulthood is the wrong word. Maybe it's more like Ernest's ascendance, like, of taking up his mantle, his, like yeah, taking his like, rightful place of like yeah. troll hunter number one or whatever yeah. he says, troll fighter number one. All he has to do is be himself. Yep. He just has to be his best self and people just have to let him do that. Mm-hmm. That's why I, I actually cried at the scene because like there's so much crazy imagery and this is where the mob imagery comes in. Oh, yeah. Ernest is holding this milk is a weapon. Yep. To the troll, it's a weapon. And there's this, this imagery of like the mob with fire, like with fiery the, pitchforks. The parents are yelling to kill the kill. troll. They're yelling yeah. kill yeah. in slow motion with this fire. Because that's what's being an adult is. Because the, murdering your enemies. Because somehow the troll sets the ground on fire. Oh, yeah. So there's, there's like, like a, a fiery circle. Open. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's like a fiery they're circle. Cut off from Ernest and the troll. There's like fire in their faces. It's like the imagery of the, the angry mob with like yeah. bloodlust. It's actually yeah. really well done. Like this, oh, yeah. the, the imagery of the scene. And it once again parallels the opening scene perfectly. Yeah, it's good bookends. And this is where Finnish World got it wrong. Like, because yep. Ernest gets it right. And Eartha Kitt is there like, Ernest doesn't understand. It's not the milk. Unconditional love. The heart of a child. Does he hear her or... I don't does think he figure no, it he out doesn't. on himself. He figures he, it out. It yep. seems like he yeah. figures it out on his okay. own. My note on this part is Ernest doesn't understand and then he does. And then he does. Yeah. I'll tell you what made me cry. I'll admit that this made me cry. I'll tell you no, why. No, do it. Because. There, it, is, I mean, there is no I shame mean, in movies honestly, affecting you in an emotional way. I mean, part of it is that we've been so with Ernest like through so much of this podcast. Oh, yeah. And I've come to appreciate him so much more. And then not only in this movie is he at his most earnestiest. Yes. But he's also at the lowest rung of the any social ladder he's ever been in. Like he's, this is the he's most. piled upon. Yeah. This is like the most denigrated he's ever been. And like the most devalued he's ever ever been yeah and he's standing there with this weapon in his hand and the town is screaming kill and the town is behind him this is the first time the town has ever been behind him in his entire life and the fact that he doesn't listen to them oh yeah that's exactly what i was is, thinking it's such a strong choice well it's like well the town has never steered me wrong before oh wait except for always my entire <laughs> yeah. life but the, like <laughs> he wants the validation of the town. It is building him up. Like he feels like the strength of the town support for the first time. Yep. And then he's just like, no. He looks at his hand. He looks at. It's weird because like the way the milk is covering his hand, it kind of is like evocative, like blood. Oh yeah. Covering mm. it. There's so many connotations in the imagery right now. He's looking at the milk and he realizes like part of a child, unconditional love. 
he has the realization. And I just love that there's a dedicated shot of him essentially dropping his weapon. Oh, yeah, it's the insert he, shot. Yeah, It's the insert shot of, like, the gun falling to the ground. But instead of gun, it's milk carton. Yep. And I was like, oh, he drops his, I mean, or his sword. It's the sword dropping. You know what it's kind of like? Return of the Jedi. Yeah. It's like the Emperor going, like, hey, you got to use your hate to destroy me. And then Luke Skywalker's like, no, throw the lightsaber away. Yeah, it's like a dedicated shot of just the weapon hitting the ground. Yeah. I just wrote, he doesn't have to do anything other than be earnest. <laughs> you guys can't see it at home, but Erin has the biggest <laughs> grin on her face as she's saying this. <laughs> like, it's almost akin to the grin that Ernest then gives Trantor the troll. Yep. This is the moment that made me cry. When he drops the weapon and he just opens his arms. And yep. to me, it's like the definitive shot of Ernest. Specifically yep. Ernest as like a children's figure. Yep. He opens his arm in this big, like, welcoming gesture. His eyes are like twinkling. They're, yeah, it's amazing. Javardi's smile is just like stretches across his face. So he's just like... Come on, little fella. It's, it's, just, it's an amazing shot. It's like the way the camera like trucks towards him, and it's just he's just this big, inviting, earnest smile. Yep. The, and, I mean, and then, in this movie, Ernest becomes a representation of unconditional love. Yeah, absolutely. And that gets kind of weird. I mean, he picks up Trantor and basically starts like babying him, like dancing around. Yeah, spinning the him around. The like music a waltz. turns into like a waltz version Troll of the main waltz. theme. It's a, that's the greatest part. It's a waltz version of the main spooky theme. Yes. Amazing. Yep. Shut up. <laughs> and then he basically kisses the troll on the lips right on the nose oh he kisses the, the snot nose he kisses right the troll the right on the nose in the snot he kisses the troll right in the snot and it causes the troll to start like convulsing and then his head but, but explodes can we just talk about Eartha Kitt's reaction by oh, the sure. way oh, yeah, her she's face like... is amazing when she sees that Ernest has realized what he needs to do her face like it just becomes like this face of like pure admiration and affection yeah I've never seen a pure expression <laughs> again he's beginning to believe she looks at Ernest with such fondness that I was like oh it's beautiful a beautiful movie. Well, then comes the part of an earnest movie where uh, the ending has a troll's head exploding. He literally kills someone with kindness. Yeah. He does say ew after he kisses the troll. Unconditional love doesn't mean you're not grossed out by a snot. Yeah. But then the troll starts shaking his arms. It explodes. And then it kind of disappears with like a little fart sound just to cap it off. Like, boop, there you go. Yeah. Fart sound. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is a nice touch. <laughs> Classy. And it's great because there's this tiny little fart sound. Like, boop, and then all the town goes, Yay! Yeah. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> yeah, people start applauding Ernest like, you're a real hero. You're a legend. You're a real hero. Yeah, you really did it. You're a legend. Yes. Oh, my God. I wrote you're a legend in bold. It's crucial that someone in the movie says you're a legend to him because uh, yeah. he's finally replaced the stupid legend he's that says he's an yep. idiot. Yep. He's overwritten that legend that's like dogged him his entire life. Yeah. That's he... why I cried. How beautiful is that? Yeah. This movie is the definitive Ernest is underrated and then validated. I think part of what got to me is that we've been doing this podcast where we've talked about how people look at Ernest, look the character. Look down their noses at him, yeah. Look down their noses at the character. And, and again, like not every movie is great, but the character itself is great. Mm -hmm. And there are really great things about him and the performance is great. And like this movie is just an encapsulation of that, of people like underrating, not just like Ernest, but Jim Barney's performance. And, and like, what's even crazier than that is that this is basically the movie that like killed like the theatrical yeah. release of Ernest movies. Like that's so like, yeah, which is surprising. This was the movie that like my sister got introduced to Ernest, whereas I had known him before. 
Right. But um, last nail in the coffin, I guess. I think that's partly why this this arc in this movie got to me. I was bringing all that in. I was like, oh my god, Ernest. But this movie ends with him finally being validated. Like, yes, you are a legend, Ernest. I think the fact, like you're saying, that he does overwrite the old legend is mm-hmm. key to That's, being like... Yes, it's, it's critical that somebody yeah. say, you're a legend. Yeah. We need the old legend, like, wiped, wiped out. out. yep. And then it actually ends with all the kids come back to life. They're de-woodened. Yes. Including <laughs> including the four kids from Old Lady Hackmore's uh-huh. childhood. They're just now in 1991, like... Yeah. Welcome to yes. 1991. It's like a blast from the past, which yeah. is rough for those kids. Yeah, <laughs> it's culture be, shock. Yeah. And I guess she's going to adopt all these kids. There's like her two relatives and then these two kids that are obviously not related. But she seems to know them because she names all four children yeah. when she takes the dolls out. Yep, yep. Because old Lady Hackmore has been really sneaky. We didn't mention this whole movie. Like she, during the troll fight, she like takes her little wooden dolls and she has them at home. And she puts them back in the tree like, all right, now you're going to be resurrected. Yeah. She means she's been playing the long games. Oh, I'm going to bring that full circle. No, go ahead. This is it. Well, the first thing I wanted to say was all the kids get de-wooded and then Eartha Kitt does her thing. She gets her friends back. And then Ernest, and this is like one of the saddest things I've ever seen. There's like three things I've seen in children's films that are the saddest thing to me, <laughs> which is the Iron Giant about to die when he says Superman. I don't remember the name of this movie, but Big Bird, he's blue in one of them. Follow, oh, that, bird. follow that bird. Follow that bird. He He's blue and he's crying. Mm-hmm. Super upsetting. You never want to see Big Bird sad. And this film where Ernest is like, there's nothing for me in that tree. <laughs> yeah. yep. And he's just, what about Rimshot? Like, so sad. And then Rimshot comes out of the car and it's just like pure joy. Yeah, I wrote the quote, my dog is alive music swell la, is la, killer. La, yeah. Rimshot, oh, where have you been? Did you miss your daddy? Gone and stuff and you were a wooden guy and now you're back and you're not even gone anymore. I feel like Jabari didn't have any lines because he's just saying things like, Rimshot, you were a little wooden guy. Now you're not wooden anymore. We're going to go in the truck. <laughs> he's just like rambling and Rimshot is licking him and he just kind of falls to the ground with his dog. Old Lady Hackmore, in the same way that Ernest makes sure we see things by like following them in a cartoony way. Oh, yeah. She, she like follows them down to the ground. For a really long time. For a really long time. <laughs> and then just kind of like does like a look back up at the audience. Yep, which is amazing. Full circle, because she's telling you, she's like, I knew I set this whole thing in motion. Oh, man. If if I was holding this mic, I would drop it now. (laughs) She did. Yeah. Maybe she did. Shoot. Oh, Lady Hackmore. (laughs) But it's also also like she's watching the same movie we are. Yeah. And she's just like, did it. Ernest, huh? (laughs) Ernest, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it is Ernest. And that's Ernest Scared Stupid. And I would have never had the emotional journey I had with this movie had it not been for the podcast you've been doing. So, uh, to sum it up, what is unique to this Ernest in the pantheon of Ernest's? I would say this is Ernest at the height of his genius. Yep. And it is, again, flabbergasting to me that the movie in which Ernest is at the height of his genius is titled Ernest Scared Stupid. And the idea that he is supposed to be dumb is a plot point. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. But yes, he is at his most Doc Browniest. Yes. And, I mean, I'd love to watch it. And I, I fell more in love with this Ernest, I think, than all the others. Because that's my type, man. That's just my type. I think there was a certain point, maybe like halfway through the movie, where I was struck by like, oh, this kind of feels like Christmas Ernest. A like, bit. he's got that sweetness to him and he's a little bit more... It's tough because I feel like this movie is focused a lot more on him. Yeah. Uh, not as much as Jail, but not as little as Christmas. Yeah. 
But there's also just like he gets to a place that is very his arc is really strong. I mean, stronger yeah. than Christmas for sure. Like oh, yeah. his emotional narrative arc is like he goes from a very low place to a very high place, and he doesn't have to change. He just has to accept that he's perfect the way he is. Right. He just needs the town to see that. He just needs to be validated. He needs his earnestness to be the thing that saves. To be the celebrated. Day. Yeah. Which is what we do here. Once in a while. <laughs> what was your takeaway, Nelson? Um, I agree with all that. I'm mostly really upset that he just didn't pop out of a giant pumpkin at some point. Um, <laughs> we were talking about that Because I feel like that was advertised to me as a child and that I never got that. The movie's great, but I really wanted to see him in a giant pumpkin. Yeah. It's a weird thing because uh, growing up, I've seen bits and pieces of all like his show and then his movies. And so like... This movie for me was like this and the and the Christmas one were the ones that I was most familiar with. And yeah, this was the one where I was like, I felt like this is where you really see him as a character completely fully developed, like his whole shtick. Yeah. And it's it's awesome. So he's not stupid, right? <laughs> This is, this is want, very important to Aaron. I need everyone to agree with me on yeah, this. Yeah, no. I, I, the thing is, is I never thought he was stupid. I, I sort of always equated him more with like someone like Daffy Duck, mm. where it's That's not that he's really like Daffy Duck is not dumb. He's just stubborn and he does things his own way. And so that backfires a lot. But he is sort of brilliant in his own right. Like, uh, I'm thinking of the Daffy Duck cartoon where the artist is sort of like... Duck Amuck. Duck, Duck Amuck. Yeah. And he's sort of like, the artist is getting revenge on him for Daffy being such a stubborn jerk. And he redraws him as a different character. I feel like that's kind of what Ernest has going on. It's like every episode is about some outside forces always trying to like Screw mess with him, with him yeah. and he's just like well that's not gonna work because i'm awesome and that's kind of <laughs> what daffy does too i feel like chris made the exact same illusion in our last episode be friends I yeah chris did mention daffy duck too interesting well Ernest is a cartoon of course oh you don't say <laughs> so <laughs> i don't know what else to say about this movie i cried and even though this is kind of the height of the Ernest franchise for me, I still feel like we're going to find more about him to oh, love sure. and we enjoy st- and celebrate. We yeah. still have questions. Oh, we- And for me, like, this is the other movie that I remember very distinctly from childhood. Mm-hmm. And it was super bizarre to watch it again. Like you were saying, having gone through this journey with Ernest over the past few months of like yeah. really dissecting him and figuring out what's up with him. And to, like to view this again through that lens was yeah. very fascinating and I think made me enjoy it a lot more. Yeah, I had the same experience. Yeah. Like, I did not expect it to affect me. Yeah. I no, was, like, sobbing. I feel like the things that, that I remembered, I hadn't seen this movie probably in 10 years, at wow. least. So I think my, my memories of it were a lot more the ephemera of it. Like, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously authentic Bulgarian Miak sticks with you. But um, I think the last time I saw it was before I had developed a more, like, clear way of thinking about appreciating film Mm -hmm. and appreciating like character stories and like being able to follow like oh Ernest gets from point A to point B and here's how he does it and here's why certain beats along that journey are important I liked it. I was affected. I think this might be the virtuoso for me. It's the most absent-minded professor, Ernest, and that's awesome. Yep. We've come to the end of our discussion. Thank you, Nelson, for joining us. Oh, no, thank this you guys. Emotional roller coaster. No, this was awesome because I, I got to watch something I haven't seen in a while. And also, like, I feel like talking about this has opened my eyes to rediscovering this character. So that's what we strive for here. That's yeah, all man. We, that's all, that's pretty, what it's pretty all great. About. Ernest is the man. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here, listeners. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. And after our next Ernest Extra, we will be covering Ernest Rides Again. Which I've never seen and know next to nothing about. It's not a Western. I know that much about it. <laughs>
please, please, please subscribe on iTunes for updates and please rate and review us on iTunes so that more people can find the show. That helps somehow. Follow and like us on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, and uh, please weigh in with any questions or comments. Please answer, as always, all of the questions that I pose during this episode. <laughs> and you know what? Share with your friends. Share the magic of Ernest. Yeah. Because it's so underrated at this point that it's maddening. Criminally underrated. Criminally underrated. Someone should go to jail for it. <laughs> Till next time. Take care, everybody. And check out this movie. Viva the Bible.